just I'm canceling the show today. I'm gonna have um, I'm gonna have Wing uh, just for the next probably two hours. I'm gonna have him do uh, finger drumming to I to the theme it. song. Just yeah, play some songs. I can do it. No I problem. I can do a lot of songs. I've straightened my head. I think you can totally do. No that. problem. Thank you. And can... a little dancing too. I'm I'm so glad to have the regular song back. Because it's been back for a while now. It's been back for a while. It was only gone for that. a week. Can't longer. keep saying like, that. It was gone but, for one week. Yeah. Usually yeah. I give a little, you know, yeah. it's on, but we have a guest, so I'm trying to behave myself. Well, I, see. I see. I'm glad you're trying to behave yourself. Nick Godin is here. Of course, you remember Nick. He's back from his uh, his trip to Arizona. No, he didn't go see Sheriff Arpaio. Um, he was actually out there working for the uh, Arizona Coyotes. Uh, what were uh, Nick, first off, welcome back to, to Maine. Thank you. Um, what, um, what were you doing out there with the Coyotes? So I was working with the Foundation. So before I went to the Coyotes, I was working with the Travis Mills Foundation. So I kind of got my foot in the door like that. But I worked with the, uh, the Coyotes Foundation. We put on events like uh, Celebrity Waiters Gala. Uh, we did a celebrity golf tournament, which Oliver Ekman Larson was my chauffeur. Which oh, I'm nice. kind of happy to say that. You know, the, the yeah. big shot there is driving me around oh, the golf course. Good. So, uh, but you know, it was a good time. Did a lot of in-game presentation, uh, auction stuff like that. So, how was the? How was? Like, go ahead and watch it. You're fine. <laughs> um, uh, also, fourth guest co-host Jameson today due to a, <laughs> a, a spider bite injury for his babysitter. Um, yeah, I don't know what that's That'll all about. Do it. it start off. It starts off as like the size of like a pinky, and then it's like, oh hey, it's enveloped your whole leg. Like, hey, maybe. <laughs> Maybe you should go to the doctor wanna, yeah. for that. Look at that. Maybe you should give that a maybe you should give that a shot. It's like a bee sting. Really. What what bad. what is the fan base like out there? You know, when I see, like I'm looking at Vegas right yeah. now, and Vegas is out of their mind. Out of control. Okay, it's nuts. I look at Nashville, and I knew it took a little while for it to take down there. But when I was down there when it first started in its infancy, I, I thought it was a pretty strong core fan base, and it wasn't just me going there because Mike Dunham was the goalie. Right. You know what I mean? Like. People be like, how do you know Mike Dunham? Like, he played in college. They play college hockey? <laughs> I'll never forget that for as long as I live. Yes, they do play college hockey. It's a thing. Um, but uh, what what is that like? Because I know there's been talk for years of, oh, the Coyotes are going to move to Quebec. Or they're going to move here. They're going to move there. Like, how is, how is that going right now? Well, so I, I don't think they're going to move. If they're going to move anywhere, it's going to probably be Scottsdale, Arizona. I think that's mm-hmm. where the primary season ticket holders stay anyway. That's a, that's a very rich part of Arizona. Uh, so I, they're not going to move to Quebec. I think Jeremy Jacobs, the Bruins owner, just said that no team's going to go to Quebec anytime soon. If any team's going anywhere, it's probably Seattle. Uh, but the fan base, again, it's probably season ticket holders. It's it's sort of difficult because you have the the Phoenix Suns who are very competitive, and I don't think the relationship is as tight between the Suns and the Coyotes as, say, maybe the Celtics and the Bruins. There's not that good of a relationship, so it's more of competition. Ah. So it's who can you get in the seat. So it's it's not too, too friendly at this point, but uh, I still think there's tons of potential for hockey to survive in the Valley, to be successful in the Valley. And if you look back at 2012, the Coyotes were in the conference final. Uh, and if... L.A. was not in the picture that year. You've got a Coyotes team that's probably making the Stanley Cup final back in 2012. So, uh, I And I, I think that they can probably make the playoffs here in the next couple of years, and you'll start seeing fans in the seats again. It's not going to be like the Florida Panthers, who I think probably have more of an issue with fans than uh, the Coyotes at this point. That's what, that's I, what I assumed. I, I think it's different for a franchise. Uh, the Coyotes moved there from somewhere else. So... For the fan base, they're excited about having a team. The difference in Vegas was they they pushed, they wanted, they that thing mushroomed from within and an expansion, all the players that they picked one at a time, 
you were able to watch it and feel it and see it. I, I think it's different for a, an expansion team uh, coming in than a team that moves to your city. And there's nothing against that. We right. There's been plenty of that. We right through history. Uh, but I think on that initial whatever, uh, I agree with you, though. I think, I think uh, course, there's no question at a professional level, you got to win. It doesn't mean you have to win the Stanley Cup, but you've got to be competitive. You've got to be exciting. People are going to want to come and see the game, see what's going to happen. You know, and I, I think they're going to stick there. I really do. Yeah, and in, in Vegas, too, if you think about just the environment, I mean, you've got Nashville, which is a party house. Mm-hmm. You've got all these country artists who are coming in and singing, so you have and those celebrities. made that crossover cool exactly. thing. And Taylor Swift's from there, too. So yeah. that kind of that kind of broke that mold. Like, right. It wasn't just Nashville was a cool place to hang out for country. Now Nashville's kind of like, you know, Hollywood, New York, uh, it's Southern. You right. know what I mean? I, I think that I think for a long time they tried to make Atlanta that, and I think that switched to Nashville <laughs> over the last few years. Right. So, no, you're right. I didn't mean to interrupt your thought. Go ahead. Well, no, and and it's just the fact that when you look at those two teams specifically, because those are teams, Nashville and Vegas, that are just going crazy right now, uh, you have a lot of celebrities there who are sort of uh, going to the games. They're singing the national anthem. There's a lot of, you know, notoriety there. But with Arizona, who do you have? You've got Michael Phelps and newly Danica Patrick. You know what I mean? What other celebrities do you have other than some, you know, old washed up ones? So it's there's not as much celebrities going through Arizona. So that that's not as marketable as Nashville, which the NHL is clearly picking up on. Well, and it's good that they're picking up on that. If they can only pick up on the fact that maybe they shouldn't put games at the same time on the same night. I know. I like, know. I don't I don't get that at all. Like I don't I mean the next step will be for them to just maybe they should just tape delay these games, you know, like <laughs> yes, they, exactly. like they used to do through the NBA finals in the late 70s, right? Really? Isn't that what they do like late 70s? I know. Yeah. People forgot that. Yeah, they tape delay and play them tape later. Tape delay NBA finals. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know it's funny cuz I wrote my marketing management paper uh, at Thomas, I wrote my paper on the NHL marketing disaster, and I <laughs> and I, I had this whole paper it's written an edge about ring of the paper. Well, it's funny. I had about eight pages written on why you shouldn't invite Kid Rock to the All Star game, but now it's just why are you scheduling games at the same well, time? Well, broadcast games on Lifetime Network, you know, and right, whatever. Well, I mean, you know, it's funny because when you look at the scheduling issues and you consider the fact that the NHL didn't go to the Olympics. Uh, one of the things I realized is that I think NBC specifically was sort of disciplining the NHL. You had playoff hockey games on the Golf Channel, for God's sake. Yeah. So I think that was sort of a message to the NHL I, I saying, surprised. "Yeah, I mean, the, the NBC. When you look at every they paid single a year lot annually, of money to go to the Olympics, exactly. Like they lost a lot of money that they had probably planned on bringing in. Yeah, no, yeah. that was a that well, was and a it's big. a nice draw when you when you look at the Olympic uh, hockey because. Here's your your star from the Chicago Blackhawks, and he right. plays for you know the Czech Republic. It's kind of interesting to see them playing on another thing, and you're playing against team. It, it's kind of exciting, I think. And they miss that. I I think the I think the NHL makes a mistake. I understand uh, it it makes the season uh, really tight when you have to take a couple weeks off to go to the Olympics and whatever. But get over it, you right. know. It, it's a it's a long season, so figure it out. And, and think about TJ Oshie. You remember when TJ Oshie oh, yeah. was in the Olympics when and he, he had those the penalty, the shots. penalty oh, shots? That was great. He had a contract. He had to have a contract extension shortly after that. So if you're the the players' association in the NHL and you see what TJ Oshie did in the Olympics, I have a feeling that that playoff that the series with TJ Oshie had a little bit to do with his pay raise that he sure. got when he went sure. to Washington. Yeah. 
Well, well like, and he became a kind of a cult hero at that point, yes, too. He did. You're, you're talking about a guy that, you know, outside of hockey guys, you know, hockey guys aren't going to know him, yeah. right? Uh, uh, hockey guys are going to know him, but after the Olympics, everybody knows him. Right. Then he, he becomes like that, that Michaela Maroney type or somebody like that that kind of crossed over the pulp cut. Oh, hey, go visit Jay Leno. Go visit this guy, yeah. you know? The thing with hockey, too, as much as I love it, it's a niche sport. It is not one of the big three. It doesn't have the big, big expensive TV contract. And I think you got to do everything you can, like you talk about marketing. You got to do everything you can to get people to notice that they're around. And the Olympics is about as good as anything. I mean, it the the coverage and the number of people that watch the Olympics is nuts. The non-sports fan watches the Olympics more than oh, the yeah. sports fan. Oh, sure. I know people that watch nothing during the year. They will tell you, "I am a baseball fan. I am a this fan. I'm a this fan." Great. And then they'll, you know, uh, I went to a I went to an event on Sunday and I put the Celtics game on. And, and a lady goes, I haven't watched the Celtics since Larry Bird played. <laughs> okay, well, that's been a few years now, okay? Yeah, just a little bit. And I mean, and they even won a championship in 2008. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? It's it's yeah. not like yeah. this is like the Cubs, you know? They've, yeah. You know, the, there's been some, there was a little drag there, but it's kind of amazing to me that, you know, this Celtics team is kind of recapturing that. And it shows me that what a big opportunity the Bruins missed out on not advancing. And it, I know they're a year ahead of schedule, and we should just be happy that they made it, and blah, 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 blah. But I'm still mad about the calls, to be honest with you. It yeah. really it sucked the fun out of the NHL playoffs for me because, I, you know, I like Winnipeg. Like, I like playing NHL 95 and, you know, firing up the old Winnipeg Jets. You know, it's a good time. But, you know, in the, in the, in the, when it comes to the Final Four, like, I can't get jazzed up about Washington Tampa. Like, I guess I can get jazzed up about this Vegas Winnipeg thing, but it's like, Vegas, like they just built it. I mean, to me, right. Vegas just took a bunch of rules and totally like. <laughs> if this was the Patriots, there'd be a there'd be a multi level investigation. <laughs> Imagine if Belichick took an expansion team and won the Super Bowl. I'm telling you, like, <laughs> I don't even want Robert to. <laughs> Mueller would have his own tribunal on yeah. the thing. Oh, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And it would, la- it would last <laughs> two years. He'd hire Ted Wells. It would be just. It would be an opus. It really would. Yeah. Like, so uh, it's just. But it's still hockey. It's still playoff hockey, and it's fun. But between that. And I thought the officials this year, like, there's always been occasionally a call, like, whether it's a too many men on the ice, or uh, I remember the Buffalo-Dallas one from a few years ago, the Buffalo-Dallas final, where a guy's foot may or may not have been in the crease, you know, whatever. But usually the officials aren't the right. story in, in the NHL playoffs, whereas this year, especially during that Bruins-Tampa series, even the national announcers made it about the officiating, which is weird. That's usually an NBA problem. Which is strange because even in the NBA, you can tell when an official's working a game, you know who's going to win. You can tell. Like, Tony Brothers and Scott Foster are working this game. The favorite will win this basketball game. That's how it's going to be. That's how it works. That's why I'm hoping like hell they're not uh, doing tomorrow night's game in Cleveland. Also, by the way, come on, NBA. A three-game, three-day gap. This is like... There was nothing going on last night. Last night was the most barren sports night. You know, outside of watching David Price own the Orioles, like that's right. The Yankees were off. The Yankees been off for three days. The Yankees are on a rocking chair. They're on. They're on the uh, All Star break. It they, just hasn't happened yet. They played two thirds of a game on Tuesday. Okay, it's got suspended after the sixth inning. They were going to play the remainder of the suspended game. And then the other game that was regularly scheduled on Wednesday in Washington. Well, of course, it rained. So those two games got moved to June 18th. And they already had a scheduled off day on Thursday. So... And they had Monday. Was it Monday No, they, they played Monday. Played Monday. They did play Monday. 
that's a wrap though on that. So yeah, they've got three days of nothing, which is very exciting. Looking forward to that. I'm sure that'll help timing. I'm sure that'll be great. Really pumped about that. The good news is Red Sox are still only tied for first place, even yep. with three days off. Hey, you know, we'll take it. Yeah. So I tell you what, how bad are the Baltimore Orioles? Like Buck Showalter looks like he wants to throw himself did, did off the dugout he, steps. Did you see what he t- did though to try to he just to be a jerk? I, yeah, when, but the guy was a jerk anyways. What, like what's his name when Bogart hit a home run? Yeah. While he was still going around the bases, he walked to the mound to take the pitcher. Yeah. Out. They, well, they maybe. never do that. How they about wait. this? They wait. Okay, this is great. Everybody's ripping Showalter for, the, for that. But what about the pitcher not even paying attention to first base fourteen times? Uh, honest to God, they stole second. He never even looked. He went. Oh, there's a guy. Oh, the guy oh, there's went a to guy. second. I mean, Mookie yeah. Betts was standing on second by the time the ball cut over to the first baseman. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. If I'm Buck Showalter, I would have gotten him out. Of, I would have walked. Like, I would have walked out there while Mookie Betts was stealing second and taking him out. <laughs> I would have been like, "Are you a moron? Get out of here." We uh, we have Ryan Palmer, who's one of our uh, announcers, and he's also the Deerago baseball coach, and he works at Deerago High School, so he has a radio on in his room. Uh, when we're broadcasting, and he said, "Hey, what are you guys talking about? TV was great last night. Cornhole was on ESPN too." <laughs> <laughs> that's where we're at. Yeah, thank you that's, very much. That's where we're at. Well, ESPN. I mean, it, there's a good thing in the pipeline for ESPN is they just made a deal with the UFC, so they're going right. to start programming. Uh, I think it's on ESPN Plus, though it might be their digital streaming. But they're going to start having some UFC coverage. Hopefully, that takes over the cornhole because I didn't find that too interesting. That's a little. Yeah, I remember one time there was no sports on. Baseball wasn't on. Maybe it was the All-Star break. Of course, hockey was done as well. And I had to watch some competition, so I started watching professional bowling. And it's like a strike every single time. Right. You're basically watching to see who doesn't who get doesn't a strike. Who doesn't get a strike. Yeah, it's he like, didn't get a strike. He's out. <laughs> yeah, you're done. Yeah, you don't get that 7-10 split, buddy. <laughs> Wrap it up. Wrap it up. It's out of here. It's That's... You're right, though. I mean, that that's it's super crazy, like the, the amount of nothing that was out there last night. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's like... Well, you have to question the marketing research. Yeah. I mean, so the NHL has scheduling issues. The NBA's taking too much time off. ESPN's playing cornhole. I mean, are these guys all using the same one guy <laughs> who is scheduled? I don't understand what's well, going on. Well, I look at the NBA, like, you should know. I mean, the ratings for a Thursday night game are going to be better than a Saturday night <laughs> exactly. game. Exactly. Why in the holy hell would you not take off Saturday night and play Thursday night instead. So you want to, you want to put a day gap in there. You want to take one game off and give these guys a three day gap. Do it between game three and game four because instead, you know, Thursday night prime time, you're going to get some good ratings. I guarantee you, the ratings for Saturday night will be much less than they would be on Thursday, even if it's a great game, even if LeBron scores fifty and the Celtics win by one in triple overtime or whatever it might be. You know what I mean? So well, that's been a typical. And you know the players complain about it, and fans complain about mm-hmm. it. So who's? I know it's a TV thing. So what are they up against? I mean, they're always up against uh, regular TV up against and, cornhole. Yeah, no, this stuff and that stuff. But yeah, you know, you talk about ESPN. They they added uh, Greenberg's got a show. Get up. I think is the name of it. Seven o'clock. Yeah, no one is. They have yeah. They have fourteen. <laughs> they're staying down. <laughs> I think they. I saw they have fourteen. Individual shows on ESPN, you know, regular shows. And it's 14th. It's 14th. Yeah. And they're paying those guys gigantuan amount of money. Copious amounts and of And they built them a special studio overlooking, it's in Manhattan. Yeah. 
It's in Manhattan. <laughs> Greenberg didn't want to have to leave the city. Look, I'll tell you right now, if they want us to host that show, yeah, we're in. I'll take all three of us right now. I will take a tenth of what they're making. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I will be, take and a we'll tenth. Be better. And I guarantee you, not only would we be better, it would be higher rated. We would not be 14. No, we I wouldn't would, be 14. If because just the publicity stunt alone of taking three random dudes from Maine and slapping them on a national uh, TV thing would make people curious. People you know what I mean? People would tune in just to hear our people would our tune accents. in just to be like, wow, what would that be? You know what I mean? Yes, because my big main accent yeah. which occasionally my uh, daughter says my breaks out a fix and two or a y'all when I'm doing games she, my daughter says it comes through well yeah, yeah. I mean that's well that's fine I got it a lot in Arizona too oh I bet oh, I, yeah. I was I think I, I was eating dinner with a uh, accountant at the Coyotes and I just said he asked me where I parked my car and I and you know when I'm on the radio I try to say the R but sometimes it comes out when I have conversation yeah. I said well I parked it in the yellow lot that's where my car is and he goes there it is there it is there it is I found it there, there it was it and I'm like there it is. like what are you talking about he what goes you, you you got you have a main accent it's like because I'm from Maine I, what do you want me to do about <laughs> yeah, it sorry I, it's like he pointed it out every single time and it's like I'm not a different species yeah. I don't know yeah, yeah. oh yeah oh yeah that, but, that's exactly what it is so are you going back and you got well, things well, back I'll there figure going that on? out I'm not yeah. quite sure yet you know I've probably got 18 applications out there yeah, right now for sure. job search what, but what exactly are you looking for uh communications community relations maybe pr stuff like that so not specifically game broadcasts no all, all the other things around yeah. communication. yeah yeah but any, anything in that subject you know interesting speaking of interesting the search committee for the new university of maine athletic director position is open you could apply for that one too you just throw your name in the hat there um, Bates football was open. Yes, the Bates football, yeah. Search committee members, Scott Atherley, head women's soccer coach. Lynn Coots, senior associate director of athletics. Dr. S- Dr. Sandra de Urosti stone assistant professor, assistant professor of nature-based tourism. Dr. Nick Earhart, interim dean of the Maine Business School and NCAA faculty athletics representative. Vincent Ease, men's basketball student athlete. Red Gendron, head men's ice hockey coach. Paul Hannigan, athletic supporter and president owner of Beeline Cable. Tyson McHatton, the assistant athletic director for communications. Ann Maxim, the director of academic support for student athletes. Jojo Oliphant, uh, UMaine Alumni Association, former football player, local business owner. Dr. Kendra Scheel, assistant vice president, senior associate dean of students. Mike Scott, not the former Astros pitcher, unfortunately. Director of ASAP Media Services and past president of the faculty senate. Amy Vashon, the head women's basketball coach. And Seth Woodcock, senior associate athletic director for development. And, um, and vice president for human resources, Chris Lidstrom, is an ex-officio member of the committee. Uh, human resources partner, Brian Drisco, serves as staff to the committee. So that means the committee's on there. They're finding people. And it also means they're probably going to go outside because both Coots and Woodcock were on people's watch list. And they're on this committee. And I can't imagine they're to, going to be on the committee and hired. Having done lots of that yeah. in my time, too large a group. First of all, I was thinking that myself. I thought long. that was a little too large. If you sit around a table, because I, I got to tell you, unsuccessfully, by the way, when I had been just a one-year assistant principal AD at Noble, I applied for the principalship at Sanford High School. Thank God I didn't get it. I mean, it's it was a at the time, you know, huge school, fourteen, fifteen hundred kids, and I would have been out of my over my head. Anyway. I look out this, I count them, 21 people around the table, this huge conference table. Well, first of all, they're not all going to ask one a question. So what are they doing? You know, you could, I mean, technically you could even tape it and 
anybody could watch it, and you could have a group meeting while you're watching it. And what? Anyway, 21 is too much. Um, I just think it creates clutter, and uh, I, I think it doesn't create the atmosphere you want for the person. Now, again, I don't want it to be so super relaxed that you don't find out how, if they're any good under pressure. I mean, I understand the difference there, but I, I'm not convinced you really get a chance to dig in under the, under the surface with 21 people in the room. I just don't. Yeah, I don't got it. I see that with a lot of uh, committees. And I'm not sure that what some of those people boards. have any idea what that what that job's all about. Well, and this, the other question too: you have coaches on there, right? Well, so Red Gendron's on this thing, okay? And I'm just picking Red Gendron. Let's say you mean hockey has a terrible year next year, right? Okay. So now, whose whose job is it to decide changes need to be made next year? Oh, this new athletic director. Oh, but I really got to know Red when he was on the committee last year. Boy, I think I'm going to keep him around. What? No, I don't. I, I don't. I don't like that at all. Well, you hope that. Well, you know what? I was going to say the opposite, though. I, when I did um, head coach, let's say head football coach at at my high school, my committee would have at least one player, one parent, one of the assistants if they were around and wanted to be back. And interesting enough, I tried to have one other fall coach, somebody they're going to have to get along with, like the field hockey coach. Mm -hmm. And people say, well, what does the field hockey coach know about? No, they're a coach. Coach is a coach. Coach in a different sport, but those people are going to have to work together. It's raining like crazy out. We're practicing inside. I know the AD has got to work out what the schedule is, but so do the coaches have to understand how to work that out and whatever. I don't don't mind that as much as I I mind people who – I'm probably not even interested in the athletic department. Other I don't know. Than, the the nature-based tourism thing looks pretty important. Much, yeah, we spend too much money in athletic, you know, other than that part yeah, of it. Right. I mean, nature-based tourism is a big deal. You know, yeah. I mean, how are the birds going to feel about an this? Interesting, <laughs> I have to say, that's an interesting committee. I, I, All-inclusive. Yeah. I, I, did, I did like the fact they had an alumni. You know, I would say, honestly, if you're looking for something like that, you call Haley and Wing, for instance, as an yeah. alumni. Mm-hmm. What's out there in the community? What are you hearing? What kind of person are we looking for to run this organization? Because we've had some interesting characters of late. I would agree. Nick Godin sitting in with us today on the B-List. We'll have more on the way. Mike Antonellis from the Portland Sea Dogs joins us a little after 11 o'clock here today on the B-List Daily from the Spectrum Healthcare Partner Studios across the NBR Radio Network. There's a winning culture when it comes to sports teams in New England. And now there's a new winning team to add to the list. Spectrum Orthopedics, an all-star roster of orthopedic experts delivering top care right here in your backyard. Spectrum Orthopedics is made up of three of the area's top orthopedic practices. OA Centers for Orthopedics. Central Maine Orthopedics and Falmouth Orthopedic Center. Spectrum Orthopedics makes it easier for physicians, surgeons, sports medicine specialists, and clinical staff to share resources and work as one, making patient care efficient and more affordable. To learn more about Spectrum Orthopedics and connect with a provider in your area, visit spectrumhcp.com forward slash ortho. Remember when your kids spent vacation week telling you how bored they were? 
Yeah, you're going to have to have a whole summer of that. Until you remember. Registration is now open for University of Southern Maine's summer camps. They've got basketball, they've got soccer, they've got ice hockey, and they have a ton more. I haven't even scratched the surface on this. Find the registration links now. Go to usm.maine.edu. That's usm.maine.edu and search summer camps. University of Southern Maine summer camps where kids should spend the summer. We believe in better, a better way to invest, a better way to serve you, and a better result. At Frisbee and Associates, we can help you determine how much risk you're taking, red flags that could be potential problems for you, how much you're paying in fees and commissions, potential tax liability, and how to address Social Security. For your free consultation, call Kevin Frisbee at 241-7430. Frisbee and Associates is located in Rumford, Brewer, and in Lewiston at 656 Main Street. Call 241-7430 on Online at frisbeebenefits.com. See something? Smell something? Do something. When your basement or crawl space smells, don't ignore it. Odors, mold, and harmful pollutants come from too much moisture and not enough air circulation, making your home unhealthy. Do something. Call Wave Home Solutions today at 1-888-980-WAVE or go to goodairusa.com. Experts recommend ventilation instead of dehumidifiers to reduce moisture and expel harmful gases and pollutants. Wave moisture control units continuously dry out your home, transforming it into a fresher, healthier environment year-round. Wave units cost only pennies a day to operate, and there are no buckets too empty. Call Wave today at 1-888-980-WAVE or go to goodairusa.com. That's goodairusa.com or call 1 888 980 WAVE. If you owe the IRS back taxes, payroll taxes, or have not filed your returns, the IRS will get you. Call Wallen Associates now and pay less than you owe. 800 727 That's 800 727 Did you ever look at the stains in your coffee cup and then realize? That's exactly what happens to your teeth. Paraswabs is the five-minute solution to get your teeth white without visiting the dentist. This is John Greenhut, the CEO of Paraswabs. And if your teeth are stained from coffee, tea, or smoking, all it takes is five minutes with Paraswabs. In five minutes, you'll see an average of two shades whiter teeth, and in seven days, six shades. It's clinically proven to whiten natural teeth as well as caps and veneers. The secret is a tooth detergent that was developed by Dr. Martin Ginniger that lifts stains off of your teeth. Best of all, there's no messy strips or trays that you have to leave in your mouth for an hour. Just swab your teeth for five minutes and you're done. To try Paraswabs risk-free, call 1-800-679-0969. That's 1-800-679-0969. I guarantee your bright white smile will have your friends talking about how great you look. Try it risk-free today. 1-800-679-0969. That's 1-800-679-0969. All aboard MBR.org! place to get all your high school and amateur sports news and information. MBR.org is in high gear with Maine High School Winter Sports. Go to MBR.org to chat about your favorite team. Find the latest articles, travel news, and cancellations. Or visit their all new and very popular team pages. MBR.org has everything you want to know about high school and amateur sports in Maine. Coming in February, all the high school tournament action at your fingertips 24-7. It's high school sports heaven. All aboard MBR.org! Beelis Daily, Spectrum Healthcare Partner Studios across the NBR Radio Network. 
Nick Godin joins us in studio today, sitting in the third chair. Next Friday, Greg Levinsky will join us. He's a aspiring broadcaster. He's 20. You actually read his uh, story today on Biddeford Chevris, MBR.org. That's uh, wrote that for the Press Herald. I'm trying to think if I can remember back that file when I was 20. Yeah? Well... Things were black and white then, so do you remember anything in color? Yeah, not a lot. <laughs> not no, a we lot. We had color TV then. We had color yeah. TV by the time. Oh, that's good. That's uh, that's nice. That's good. He's been giving Haley and I, I a hot time. What was black and white TV like? I said, shut up. Right, yeah. I like to ask. I don't know. I mean, what was it like going radio only most of the time? Like, hey, I didn't... The, the, the Celtics, when they won eight in a row, I I can't say I never saw them on TV. I, I did. I must have. But... But I also had told, we listened to all the games on the radio, but I told him when I was at Maine, you could go on a Tuesday, we go, hey, the Celtics are playing uh, the 76ers tonight in the playoffs. Let's go. Jump in your car the yeah. day of the game, drive to Boston, no tickets, walk in, all set. Can you imagine that? All set? I can remember back, you're going to laugh at this, when I was in, uh, I think, sixth grade, maybe I lived in Ellsworth, and the... New York football giants and the Green Bay Packers came to Bangor, Maine to play a Saturday night exhibition game. Think of how football has grown since then. Yeah, that doesn't Garland happen anymore. Street Field. They played an exhibition game. I think we can get the Pats and Eagles. Uh, yeah, yeah. We probably like, for yeah, a, like to have them maybe for to... like a July exhibition game. Yeah. We'll run it. Maybe yeah. we'll go. Maybe we'll go fancy. We'll play it over at Bates. Play it over at Garcelon. Oh yeah, there we go. Right, turf. you know, nice. put nice. it on the turf. Yeah, you know, it'll be good. Yeah, right? the, well, U- maybe... the UFC did the same thing. They came to Bangor once, but they're too big for that now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it's true. It's one hundred percent. We used true. to be able to get for a fundraiser. You could get. Well, it wasn't called WWE then, but Chief J and yeah, that whole crew. They would come and. Interested that you paid in cash. Yeah, oh, yeah. You took the gate and you went, one, two, yeah. Oh, yeah. You paid each guy. They did that, in cash. At, uh, they did that yeah. at Oxford Hills uh, oh, two yeah. or three years ago. Oh, they, that's huge. They, used, uh, they used big time wrestling. They brought in, uh, let's see, I went one year and they had Kevin oh, Nash. Yeah. And then the next year they had uh, Vader and Matt Hardy, actually. Whoa. So you get the VIP tickets, you sit up front, you get to meet everybody, and, and you get to sign everything and get hugs and photos and everything else. It was a really good time. Um, I thought it was would have been a cool annual event, but I guess they didn't make enough money off of it uh, fundraising wise. So, but yeah, it was it was a pretty good it was a pretty good event. Yankees finally back in action tonight. Red Sox continue in action tonight. David we'd Price, like a, man, we'd like a nine good. game series with the Orioles, please. Nine. We'd, we'd like to play them nine 15, straight. Fifteen pounds. We don't it. care about kind of like what you did to Tampa in April. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, that's right. Every other weekend we play you know play the Orioles. Orioles in Tampa. We'd like to just finish the season with them. Yeah. Well, it's funny because David Price, you mentioned David Price and that. Uh, I, I sort of took what at the time I thought was a bit of a, uh, I, I won't say mistake, but if David Price didn't pan out the way many hoped he would, kind of like the last couple of years, it uh, would have been a mistake. But I did draft him early in uh, in my fantasy draft. Oh. And uh, 40, I think it was like 45 points last night. I'm back in it. Sweet. So, yeah. He's playing we, good. He's all we, right. We had the list yesterday of the things that his his weaknesses. Ready? Fresh cut grass, puppies, dogs, <laughs> yeah. cats, cold weather, warm weather, video games, pitching in Texas, the Yankees, yep. and the postseason. This is David Price's David week. Price. Yeah, okay. Other than that, he's everything's fine. Yeah. Maybe ego too. You might you can probably put yeah. ego there. His problem with social media. I mean, the guy's yeah, nuts. That's See, true. I, I don't know what. He's strange. Strange, strange. 
We only owe him 147 million more, though. That's all. <laughs> hey, I mean, maybe now with all this 2022, maybe with all this success, he'll um, maybe maybe he won't opt out now. Yeah, yeah good time. So tell us where the good. Uh, yeah, really. Tell it's us like, where. I don't even want to talk to you. Tell anymore. us where some potential jobs. What are, what are people looking for uh, these days? Yeah, what, let's yeah. talk. Yeah, you know that's a really good point because we have people that are young. And of course, we got some high schools listening now. Like a lot of people say, you want to work in sports." Well, what does that mean? You know, like what do you? I mean, there's a lot of things around that when you're looking for management, sports management, things of that nature. Yeah, if, if you're looking at the new jobs, I think it's all cyber. Okay, not specifically in sports, but cybersecurity specifically yeah. is a job that I think is going to be really? a huge in job in the future. Mm-hmm. Well, every everybody needs that, you know. Um, but what are they worried about? Cy- cyber what wise, are teams well, I think, worried about. Well, teams. I, I think any organization specifically is worried about cyber. I mean, if if you look at teams, foundations, charities, they collect so much information about fans, about uh, business partners. You, you need to have a good cybersecurity team with any organization. doesn't matter if it's a team, if it's a charity. Um, but teams specifically, the issue is, is there's not a lot of digital media, uh, online job opportunities with teams, but every team needs one as well. So um, that's sort of what I'm looking at. And since moving to Arizona, I kind of like that market. Obviously, growing, growing up in New England, we're surrounded by these big Boston, New York, all these big markets. But I kind of enjoyed being in a small market in Arizona where if I drive, I was only 10 minutes from the arena and I got there in 10 minutes when I got in my car. It didn't take an hour and a half. So yeah. I enjoyed that. We, Maddie has uh, perfected, you know, doing things on YouTube and Facebook and whatever. Is that, oh, did yeah. you hear any of that kind of stuff with, the, with those big clubs? Yeah, I mean, any. So one of the things marketing-wise that's really important is that if you're putting out a product, it needs to be on every single social media platform. Um, and even if it's not a team, if you're someone who wants to get involved in digital media and stuff like that, make your own podcast, right? Make your own show and put it on iTunes and put it on YouTube. And then you take that stuff and you give it to the team you might want to work for. You show them that you've done it before. The analytics are there for everybody to see. So, I mean, yeah, you can totally use social media as a benefit to get that job. We have a couple of people that yeah. come on every week that they do podcasts doing exactly that. Right. Yeah. That's all. But that's all it takes. And they mm-hmm. get access to the teams. Right. That's yeah. A thing. lot of times, as long as you do it correctly and don't just, you know, you can you can get that stuff. So, I mean, hell, how do you think I got here? I didn't go to school We're for anything. We're not completely sure of that answer. <laughs> well, I mean, this is yet another good point. You know, I mean, that's a that's another that's another solid point right there. So, Beatless Daily Spectrum Health Partners Series across the NBR Radio Network. Mike Antonellis, Portland Sea Dogs, will join us a little after eleven o'clock. Sea Dogs are down seven to nothing and came back to beat Altoona yesterday. You wow. know what's strange? Because driving around, yeah, you turn on uh, stations and Antonellis is on. And I'm looking, I go, it's 1.30. It's, yeah, back-to-back no days, middle play. of the day. Yeah, yeah. middle of the day. Like, what? Who, who can get away from a middle-of-the-day <laughs> game, you know, on a Wednesday? What? I was looking. They were they were at Reading, I think, on Wednesday. I think they were at Reading on Wednesday. And they played two. They had to they had to finish off a suspended game. Yeah. And then they had the a regularly scheduled game right after that. I'm going to guess there were about 50 people in the stands, roughly. Like, I mean, you're talking about... A midday game in Reading. It looked like a beautiful day, but you're talking Wednesday in May. Like everybody's probably trying to save their time for Memorial Day or something like that. You know what I mean? Like that. 
That seems like a tough. This seems like a tough go. I get you probably have to do it with travel, but I can't imagine it's a it's a heavily attended affair. Uh, I uh, I met Mike Antonellis. Um, we were doing a uh, group of us here. We're doing um, either play by play or color for Central Maine Community College basketball, and he and I did several games that one mm-hmm. year together. The guy's unbelievable. Not only was he doing the play by play and not missing a thing. He, you would look down and he'd have the fouls, the almost like the where they took their shots from. I mean, he had everything. He's like uh, Michael Hoffer, you, you know, because Hoffer writes for the newspaper and is used to doing things fast and saying he got twelve yards on that one, and then keeping the stats. He was also doing the broadcast, and I kept looking over, going, "Whoa, he's busy over there." Yeah, Anthony the same way. He had everything down, and he never missed a play. He wasn't looking up saying, "Well, was that a foul? What happened there?" Not once. You know, pretty, pretty, pretty clever. It, it takes a lot too. I mean, oh. to do stuff like that, it takes a lot of energy. And guys like Maddie and, and, and guys like that that do that so it's well. It's incredible. It's pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah. I heard that little compliment in there. I don't really do, do it, it well. I just show do up. It in there. I just do it because there's no one. Yeah, else but you to. know, there are we we've talked about this. There are different kinds of announcers. Right. And I, I happen to like Maddie's style because you you feel good listening to the game. Right. And then there's, and I'm not talking, this is not a negative thing, uh, a guy like um, Kennedy. Yep. He is incredibly efficient. He he gets everything. He's one, two, three, four. It's a different kind of a broadcast. And, and, he, was, and he was my mentor. Yeah. So. And, and, if you, and if you ask him that, he would tell you that. That's what he, that's the way he enjoys the games. And like I said, I happen to kind of like the, the comfortable, People sitting in the living room listening to the game, you know that kind of broadcast with Maddie, where he does a lot of the stats and all the other things too. But you feel comfortable listening to the game. There's some talk back and forth. There's a little dialogue going on, you know, in between when things right. are happening. Everybody's and, everybody's and got their style. Everybody's got a little different style. Yeah, it's like it's like you know going from one team to another. You know what I mean? You never quite know what you're gonna get. Yeah. This thing that I'm reading here. Did you did you see this yesterday with Danny Shelton from the Patriots? He's, uh, my body's adjusting to all the running, man. <laughs> yeah. He says, I like all the hard work. I really do like that. Yeah, okay. He's getting nice. used to a more aggressive conditioning program as he tries to get down to 335 pounds. Is anyone else shocked that the Cleveland Browns don't have a good conditioning program <laughs> that's not aggressive? Yeah, like, um, is anyone shocked that their players might be running out of gas in the third quarter? Uh, come on. Yeah, I got a good one for you, too. Uh, baseball quotes. This is from Yogi Berra. Yeah. I never blame myself when I'm not hitting. I just blame the bat. And if it keeps up, I change bats. After all, if I know it isn't my fault, then I'm not hitting. How can I get mad at myself? Yeah, it's definitely you. It's Yogi. It's your fault. It's your fault. That's that's winning mentality right there. Isn't it? Not going to worry about it. Nick, uh, you made some comments recently on Twitter that you don't want to see Tory Krug traded. I've I've heard arguments for and against on that. What what is your argument for keeping him? Well, I, I just think if you wanted to trade Tory Krug, you should have done it maybe four years ago when he was still Claude Julian's system. It, Tory Krug specifically probably didn't fit that system, but Claude Julian's gone. We're talking about Bruce Cassidy, a uh, coach who has sort of implemented this system where the defense provides offense. It's a transition game. Yeah. Um, so why would you? trade a guy who has I'll call it a friendly contract given the fact that Tory Krug is a defenseman putting up 63 points a year um, why would you trade a guy who's meant for Bruce Cassidy's system 
I think that if you do trade Tory Krug, I'm not 100% against it. It has to be the right deal for all trades. But defense is the key that's going to get the Bruins to the Stanley Cup final. I think that the offense is there. If you trade Tory Krug, you don't trade him for a forward, you trade him for another defenseman, but you still have to sign another defenseman in free agency if you decide that. I just don't think it makes too much sense. I mean, I could go either way. I, I'm not a, I like him on the power play. There isn't a question about that. I think if you move him down and he's on the last pairing and he only gets you know, 17, maybe 15, 17 minutes a game and some power play time, and that includes a power play, I don't think it's as bad. I, I think he has trouble when the we get trapped in our end and he gets manhandled, I think. He's right. not very good, not great defensively and he and physically. Uh, Tampa was out of take, able to take him out of the game with some yeah, questionable hits and he lost his composure. Right. I think the the bigger guys either take care of that with a, with a t- <laughs> knockdown the next time they're in the zone or whatever. I, I think I love the transition game. I mean, I've, I've enjoyed... Cassidy's system a lot better than Claude's. And I like Claude. I'm a defensive guy. But uh, these guys really went to town this year with a really young team, inexperienced, and he molded it together. The problem was when they got to the playoffs, now you're talking good teams who know how to trap, who know how to make you stay to the outside and and, uh, whatever. And the Bruins just didn't adjust well. And part of that is, is, you know, inexperience. But, uh, But they did need the puck carrying defenseman that that is my one worry who's gonna if you get a guy that's gonna just stay at home and Adam McQuaid I'm not sure it's gonna give you what you need two Adam McQuaid's would be too much for me I right think. And, and he's close I think Adam McQuaid's close to leaving Boston oh I think um if, if it doesn't other. if it doesn't happen this summer I, I think he's got maybe two years at yeah. the most uh, you de- and, and I was talking about this a little bit yesterday I mean if you trade Tory Krug you better trade him for a guy who's gonna stick around in five years, he's going yeah. to be an integral part of this defense. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of the things we have to mention is Brandon Carlo didn't play at all this year, oh, I know. He and they that. missed Brandon Carlo, yeah, a big six-four no young uh, defenseman who skate. definitely can skate. Very young. Um, yeah. I mean, if you look at the defense specifically, Zidane Char didn't play great. Charlie McAvoy didn't play very well either. Yeah, the Eastern and hurt. I was and I was saying from the beginning, Kevin Miller. Of all defensemen, was the best defenseman and most Overall, consistent for the Boston yeah. Bruins. Although we had the stats, because I was complaining, and he said, "Hold on, let me look this up." Charles a plus seven for the playoffs. Yeah, not bad. It, it was really, the best. Not bad. I think it was the best for the Bruins. Not great, but but uh, not bad. I'd, li- I'd like to see. It seemed like there was always a lot of games um, that uh, that. Uh, um, there's a healthy scratch on defense. We're like, oh, why is there a healthy scratch on defense? I, I feel like there are a lot more regular. I still think they can do a, a better job of managing Char's regular season stuff. Yeah. I really do. Yeah, no it's true. Because it, it 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 is it is painfully obvious that especially during that seven game series. I mean, what killed them this year? Uh, honestly, was not finishing off Toronto early enough. Yeah, right. Because they had no or. <laughs> One more win, and they play New Jersey instead. Well, that, I mean, you can, you, 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 you can talk about both of it. You know what I mean? They could have... They could have... Yeah. They could have the Celtics are doing that right now, okay? And we watched the Celtics progress through this in the first round. They go up 2-0, they hold serve at home, and then they go to Milwaukee, and then terrible officiating. Milwaukee just comes out and, and just and bum-rushes them, and that's it. That's a wrap. And then Milwaukee's got confidence. They're right back in the series. Game three against the Sixers, horrible officials, 
Philly was all over him, bum-rushing him. But the Celtics handled it a lot better. I mean, they survived the confetti attack, you know. <laughs> These teams and their confetti. That was embarrassing. Like, yeah, wasn't it? Houston, that was so embarrassing. Houston did that the other night against Golden I State. Saw and that. I saw that. I'm like, this is, you're a franchise that has won two NBA right. titles in my lifetime, okay? Like, have some sort of pride. But like, but at least they won that game. Correct. I mean, I, I mean, Philadelphia. And they Philadelphia, to know. Yeah. They dropped confetti for losing a game in overtime. <laughs> I, I mean, it's... it's we made it uh, overtime, everybody. Hey, the Lakers, the Lakers would never live hey. down the, the time that they thought they were going to beat the Celtics. They had all the balloons up. Yeah. yeah. And the Celtics looked up at those and said, not tonight, you know. No. And that was the end of that. Yeah. You know, no, that... that I mean, happening. that's... It's just one of those deals. So they learned from that. And then they came out in game four, even worse officiating, okay? But they came out in game four, and they still won. Uh, they, they still competed. And then they came out in game five, and they're like, all right, and they won it. It was a close game, but they yeah. won it. I think they learned their lesson in the Philly series. I think they're going to come out guns a-blazing tomorrow night. I, th- I think if you give Brad Stevens three days to make an adjustment, and you give Ty Lue three days to make an adjustment. Three months. You give Ty Lue okay. three months. Th- Let's say you give Ty Lue three weeks and you give Brad Stevens three days, okay? I feel like Brad Stevens is still probably going to come out ahead. I mean, when you in the in the NBA, you don't have a lot of time to practice. This isn't like no. um it, it's not like uh football or or anything like that. There's no I mean, in baseball, you're going to get some extra time in the cage, but with with basketball, you know, you might be traveling one night and then have another game the next night. So sometimes there might not be an actual practice together for a week. You see a lot of times guys struggle after the trade deadline because they don't have any plays put in for them yet because they haven't even had a practice yet to put a play in. So to me, with with the way these playoffs are, it only favors Brad Stevens. I think Brad Stevens is just going to get better and better as a playoff head coach. And this team is getting better and better because they've already, uh, you know, two all-stars are coming back next year one way or the other. I I fully expected, you know, they showed LeBron, of course, with his shirt off, shooting around at the Garden before I saw Game that. 2. You know what I fully expected to see? I mean, I knew he was going to take his gargantuan jump shots from outside and all of that. I expected more drives, but I expected him to go down low and take whoever's gotten him and, and, and take him down low. We didn't see that at all. Well, he, he took a flying elbow from uh, Jason Tatum when he tried that, but... <laughs> I, I just think that's a little funny. When, when you go from watching hockey to watching NBA basketball and you see these hockey players get punched in the face, they, they're losing their Stitches. teeth. And, and, this, and this, isn't, this isn't please like my sport. It's yeah. not that. But my point is you have seven-foot LeBron James who's, who's you know <laughs> muscled to the gills and he gets a little bump in the chin and he's laying on the ground holding it. It's like, Really? Wrench neck, I think they called it. Right? Well, and he looked. Um, he he got dazed. hit. He definitely got hit, and I know that for a fact. I, I don't think he got a concussion. Yeah, like he was acting like. I mean, he was wobbling to to. I, I don't know. I mean, they don't let him play underneath anyway. Exactly, like there's a protocol. To. Oh, there's a protocol. Jim Leskatov and those guys. Ah. No, it's it, it's true, but it's weird. Like I remember when uh, when Jordan got towards uh, near the end of his career, which at the time he was in his prime. That was the thing with Jordan uh, when he came back the second time. He was more of a post player, so he would go down at six six and post guys up, and yeah. he and he perfected the fadeaway jumper. Oh, yeah, Perf- I mean, it, there was unguardable. It doesn't matter if you put a seven foot seven guy on him; he was going to be able to shoot it over See, the top, and it was going to rattle in. That's what I expected. And that's to what do. you saw in the first quarter. 
And then I think after the first quarter, they were leading, but they weren't leading by a lot. And, and they played great. And it, 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 yeah, you, you texted me and said all of that. LeBron's gone off, and they're only up by five. The, and that that to me was the difference because in the Milwaukee game, Milwaukee got out ahead pretty uh, when when they got out ahead, they got out ahead. When that's happened to the Celtics this year, you know the other team has gotten out ahead. This time they hung around, they kept it in. Like th- th- this this team just it's like they take these lessons one time and they don't need to learn them again, so they just go again. I I'm expecting a sweep. I really am. And the only wow. reason I don't, the only reason I'm not 100% on it is because I know that Fosters and Brothers could be are going to be coming in like the Hebners and Dangerous Danny Davis. And as I go with crooked WWE official uh, names, you could also go with Charles Robinson, the Nature Boy, back when he was in WCW, either one. But uh, you know that unless the officials sway something one way or the other and a, and a bad call goes the other way, but the Celtics right now look like the better team and it doesn't even look, it doesn't even look close. Like if I'm LeBron, I'm getting the hell out of the East because I don't yeah. want to deal with Boston anymore. Yep. I, I don't, I, cause this is, Why I can't beat them right the now and they're going to get Kyrie and Gordon Hayward and Daniel Thies back next year. I mean, everybody forgets about Thies. Oh, yeah. That's one other big guy that they're missing down low. That's a quality big man, a quality athletic big man. Like, he played some key minutes this year yeah. and is very much missed in these playoffs. Well, think about the assets that the Celtics mm-hmm. have, too. I mean, they have, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, do they have four first-round picks yeah, next year? Yeah, they've got, they've got some first. I think they've got three next year. They've got so another one coming up. So three next year. Um, they've got Sacramento's pick next year. They've got Memphis's pick next yep. year. Actually, no, it is four. They've got the Clippers pick next year, depending on if it conveys. The Memphis pick is protected one through eight. So if it's eight or below, it's a, it, they get the Memphis first-round pick. If not, okay. that goes unprotected in 2021. So I kind of hope that Memphis just keeps getting worse. and then right, we can, Exactly. You know, we can just, 2021, but, that thing's unprotected. But you're right. They got four picks. And, they don't need one of those. And, and the other thing is, you're going to have to do something at some point with Terry Rozier exactly. and Marcus Smart, more picks on the way. You're gonna have to. You're gonna, <laughs> either gonna have to trade them for picks, or you're gonna have to trade them for another player who can help you. Kind of like what they did with Avery Bradley. They turned Avery Bradley into Marcus Morris, and everybody hated that deal. Does anyone hate that deal now? Oh, I don't boy. hate that deal. Hey, Maddie, how far out in the future? In other words, let's say they trade uh, trade uh, somebody. Can they go to? 2024. Well, they can certainly far? they can do that for I mean, think about it. Because he needs to stratify the Celt- that now. Yeah, the Celtics, um, when the Celtics made the trade with with uh, Brooklyn, remember, they made trades for it. That was in 2013. And they were trading as late as the 2018 Brooklyn pick. True. Good point. So, you know, that's that's another thing there. So he's my guru in knowing these things. I try yeah, to pay all these. Well, things. because in the NBA, you can pretty much predict the trades because there's no other way for things to be done. Like, right. They have the machine, and there's a salary cap. So if you don't have the salaries that match up, it's not going to matter what you come up with with your friends in, in your basement. You right. know what I mean? And, so, and I think when I think when uh, Cleveland said that Kyrie's available, I want I think sixty to seventy percent of Boston said he's coming. Yeah. I think everybody knew that that was going to happen yeah. because it was just the. I, it, I think a lot of people did too. A lot of people were really surprised that they traded Thomas. I wasn't. I wasn't either. They caught him at the right peak. Exactly. There was, there no, was talk were... last off season after the well, it was the the year before the Durant thing that they might use Thomas to make a run at Russell Westbrook if he didn't re-sign with the Thunder. That made sense to me. Russell Westbrook's a better player than Isaiah Thomas, and you yeah. sell Isaiah Thomas at the high point. That's a problem with, with Boston. They used to just fall in love with the players, like when the Red Sox weren't the world class organization they are now in, in the top tier. They'd have a guy that would play well, and he'd be okay. Maybe go to an all-star game, but they'd want to keep him. 
and then they wouldn't ever they wouldn't ever spin that guy into something else. I think Belichick coming along has changed people's mind. They're like, you know what? Maybe this guy does. He's at his high value right now. Maybe we should maybe, better a year early than a year late. Oh yeah, absolutely. and I think that might be the Tory Krug situation that we're talking about. I think right that's now. exactly what it is. Yeah. But that's the band aid everyone wants to put on the Bruins. Mike Antonellis, Portland Sea Dogs, will join us in just a few minutes. We'll take a break. Back on the B-List momentarily. Nick Godin sitting in with us today here from the Spectrum Healthcare Partner Studios across the NBR Radio Network. You're listening to Sports Time Maine, WTME, AM 780, Rumford, Mexico, Dixfield. There's a winning culture when it comes to sports teams in New England. Now there's a new winning team to add to the list. Spectrum Orthopedics, an all-star roster of orthopedic experts delivering top care right here in your backyard. Spectrum Orthopedics is made up of three of the area's top orthopedic practices. OA Centers for Orthopedics, Central Maine Orthopedics, and Falmouth Orthopedic Center. Spectrum Orthopedics makes it easier for physicians, surgeons, sports medicine specialists, and clinical staff to share resources and work as one, making patient care efficient and more affordable. To learn more about Spectrum Orthopedics and connect with a provider in your area, visit spectrumhcp.com forward slash ortho. Remember when your kids spent vacation week telling you how bored they were? Yeah, you're going to have to have a whole summer of that. Until you remember. Registration is now open for University of Southern Maine's summer camps. They've got basketball, they've got soccer, they've got ice hockey, and they have a ton more. I haven't even scratched the surface on this. Find the registration links now. Go to usm.maine.edu. That's usm.maine.edu and search summer camps. University of Southern Maine summer camps where kids should spend the summer. We believe in better, a better way to invest, a better way to serve you, and a better result. At Frisbee and Associates, we can help you determine how much risk you're taking, red flags that could be potential problems for you, how much you're paying in fees and commissions, potential tax liability, and how to address Social Security. For your free consultation, call Kevin Frisbee at 241-7430. Frisbee and Associates is located in Rumford, Brewer, and in Lewiston at 656 Main Street. Call 241-7430 on Online at frisbeebenefits.com. See something? Smell something? Do something. When your basement or crawl space smells, don't ignore it. Odors, mold, and harmful pollutants come from too much moisture and not enough air circulation, making your home unhealthy. Do something. Call Wave Home Solutions today at 1-888-980-WAVE or go to goodairusa.com. Experts recommend ventilation instead of dehumidifiers to reduce moisture and expel harmful gases and pollutants. Wave moisture control units continuously dry out your home, transforming it into a fresher, healthier environment year-round. Wave units cost only pennies a day to operate, and there are no buckets too empty. Call Wave today at 1-888-980-WAVE or go to goodairusa.com. That's goodairusa.com or call 1 888 980 WAVE. Wave Home Solutions for a healthy, comfortable home. 
If you owe the IRS back taxes, payroll taxes, or have not filed your returns, the IRS will get you. Call Wallen Associates now and pay less than you owe. 800-727-0433. That's 800-727-0433. Did you ever look at the stains in your coffee cup and then realize that's exactly what happens to your teeth? Paraswabs is the five-minute solution to get your teeth white without visiting the dentist. This is John Greenhut, the CEO of Paraswabs. And if your teeth are stained from coffee, tea, or smoking, all it takes is five minutes with Paraswabs. In five minutes, you'll see an average of two shades whiter teeth, and in seven days, six shades. It's clinically proven to whiten natural teeth as well as caps and veneers. The secret is a tooth detergent that was developed by Dr. Martin Ginniger that lifts stains off of your teeth. Best of all, there's no messy strips or trays that you have to leave in your mouth for an hour. Just swab your teeth for five minutes, and you're done. To try Paraswabs risk-free, call 1-800-679-0969. That's 1-800-679-0969. I guarantee your bright white smile will have your friends talking about how great you look. Try it risk-free today. 1-800-679-0969. That's 1-800-679-0969. All aboard MBR.org! The place to get all your high school and amateur sports news and information. MBR.org is in high gear with Maine High School Winter Sports. Go to MBR.org to chat about your favorite team. Find the latest articles, travel news, and cancellations. Or visit their all-new and very popular team pages. MBR.org has everything you want to know about high school and amateur sports in Maine. Coming in February, all the high school tournament action at your fingertips 24-7. It's high school sports heaven. All aboard MBR.org! It is the Beelis Daily from the Spectrum Healthcare Partner Studios across the MBR radio network. Nick Godin sitting in with us today. Maddie and Wingley here on a Friday. Mike Antonellis joins us now on the guest line. Mike, you saw a good one last night against Altoona, down 7 to nothing, and a, and a nice little uh, comeback win there for the Sea Dogs. Yeah, it was great. Uh, they scored all their runs, all 12. They had 13 hits in the last four innings. And it really started with the bottom of the order. They got all the rallies started. Uh, consecutive innings when they began their rally in the 7th and 8th. They had three straight singles, and it all came from the lower part of the order, and they got some weird breaks last night in that game, and uh, it was fun to watch, and, and it just shows this club is a little bit different. They've made some changes, and uh, they really battle in these games, and uh, you know they never gave up last night, and they earned that win. That's uh, that's fantastic. It's uh, uh, you guys have had uh, quite a quite a bit of weather stuff this week. You had a, a suspended game with Reading. Like, how many people were in were in uh, for that game? By the way, for for the Reading game, like Wing and I were trying to guess the attendance on that one. Like, I wasn't sure like how that one was. The game you had on Wednesday, where you had the suspended game and then you had the regular yeah. game. Yeah. So uh, this is a little strange. The suspended game was game two of doubleheader that we were the home team from. That was a game they shifted from the series we lost with those guys. So the attendance for game one on the 15th was actually 7,000. That was the paid attendance. But when we resumed everything on uh, Wednesday, uh, that attendance I'm talking about was Tuesday. Uh, Wednesday we had a delay before we started that suspended game, and there was a lot of kids there for 11.45. But by the time we started and got into game two, uh, those kids can't stay that long. So um, they announced... I believe, let's see, I got my scorebook out, um, almost 7,000 paid, but there was not many of that in the ballpark uh, when we got later in the day. Trevor Kelly did something that had not been done in a very long time last night. Yeah. Yeah, he hit. It was, 
<laughs> yeah, it was funny. You know, we ran out of pitchers. We only had one position player. And, um, you know, it really worked out because you, you certainly could have questioned, you know, I know people will question, well, why did they let him hit with uh, a position player left? But we didn't have any arms left. So, I mean, you could take the gamble and let somebody hit with the game. The game was tied at that point. You let someone hit and then, you know, maybe throw a position player. But I think they made the right decision. And, uh, you know, had L2, had the Seadogs not taken the lead, they would have just probably used the position player in the 11th. But I was joking with him after the game that he was arguing. It would have been funny if he got thrown out for arguing. And then the Seadogs would have had to use a position player in that bottom of the tenth. <laughs> that could have happened. That could have happened. Mike yep. Antonellis uh, for the Portland Seadogs, Portland Seadogs Radio Network. Mike, I'm a little nervous about uh, they came out with the uh, top 100 minor league baseball players, a list, and with Groom now being hurt, uh, Sam Travis, I think, might have been on there. That's it. That's yeah. not good. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think there's there's ups and downs. Um, I think it's more of a down if the big league team didn't have a lot of young guys. And I think that that's, you know, first and foremost, I think they've graduated some of those guys that were top hundreds. I mean, you look at uh, Ben and Sandy, Mookie, Devers, Xander might have been. I don't even think Jackie was a top 100, believe it or not. But um, I, I think that's the good part if you want to take a half-full approach is that their core really is young up there. So that that's a good thing. It helps you replenish through the draft. And um, But, you know, I, I certainly understand that. I think in the pitching end, you'd like to see more up there and, uh, there's teams that are young in the big leagues, though, that do have some of those players in the hundreds. Um, you've, you've heard me preach this many times that the Yankees are they're in a good swing right now with what they're doing. And uh, Justice Sheffield, I think, is going to pitch in the 23rd. Um, Chance Adams is another, uh, I think, top 100 guy. But, you know, we'll see what happens uh, this draft. I think the Red Sox, you know, you're going to have some of these younger guys. Are gonna, you're going to get older quick, and then you want to see that uh, draft get replenished some of the guys you've lost. So you're thinking that uh, if they re-sign these young guys, that we'll be able to replenish before we need these guys for coming back up? Yeah, I mean, I think it's an issue if you're not young in the big leagues. I mean, if you look at that core, you know, Vasquez, Bogart, Devers, Benintendi, Mookie, Jackie, uh, that's pretty young. Uh, even some of the, your, your pitchers with Barnes, you hope Brian Johnson, Bobby Pointer, Eduardo Rodriguez, those are young guys. I think it's an issue if you're not young and so you have no help in sight, and that's how you get jammed a bit with free agents. So I give it a few years. I mean, they, you know, you, you traded eight guys for two pitchers in that club right now. Uh, you've made some trades to, to lose. You know, Thor, if you take Thornburg, Kimbrell, and Fail, that's 12 players. Um, tough to keep, you know, a pretty good farm system when you to- trade away that many guys, which, you know, I, I don't have a problem with. Talking with Mike Antonellis from the Portland Sea Dogs, Portland Sea Dogs Radio Network, Sea Dogs uh, in action tonight. Um, the uh, the other thing I, I, I've earlier in the year, uh, Trey Ball was moved from the rotation uh, into the bullpen. I uh, got to watch him pitch over the weekend against Binghamton. Still looks like he's trying to figure things out. Where's he at in terms of his development right now? I think it's a work in progress. You know, I I think one thing you you certainly want to see when a guy is converted to the bullpen is the velocity tick up, and it hasn't, you know, and I don't know why that hasn't. Um, it's, you know, it is an adjustment doing this. I mean, the routine you get in as a starter, it's just completely different. I mean, you know when you're going to pitch. Um, just, it's not even that. I mean, I don't, I don't think guys, 
I mean, in, in, as a reliever, you kind of know when you're going to pitch too, the way it is in the minor leagues, just the way that the rotations work. If you pitch two innings one day, you're, you're not going to pitch for a couple days. Uh, they don't really use guys back-to-back. So I think that routine he's probably used to, but it's it just not throwing a lot and having to come in right away and command everything. And I, I don't think that's easy. Um, last night, he didn't look great early. When he came in, he allowed three inherited runners to score, but he did have a shutdown inning, which, believe it or not, it's 7 nothing. Had he not done that, who knows? You know, Portland might not have come back in that. So I think you want to see the velocity tick up a bit. I think his other pitches have been pretty good, but, you know, still uh, where his fastball is and his delivery and his arm slot, he has to throw a little bit harder, and it's just not there yet. Talk of Mike Antonellis from the Portland Sea Dogs. Um, another thing this year, too, like what um – yeah, it's so funny. Like, I'm always amazed when the other night, the other day, I'm I'm down there on Sunday and I'm throwing out the first pitch and I'm wearing my Expos jersey and hanging out, and all of a sudden, Frank Viola comes around the corner. He's a pitching coach for the Binghamton uh, for for Binghamton. He goes, "Man, I haven't seen that jersey in a long time." Like, how many random ex major leaguers are just floating around Double A? Like, I don't think people realize who's coaching a lot of these teams. Like. Frankie V was like a primetime player back in the days, and now he's the pitching coach. I mean, Paul Abbott pitched in the major leagues yep. as well. There's a wealth of knowledge uh, running around the minor league ballparks right now. Yeah, I, I actually do talk about that a lot. Um, I, I think it's great. I really do. Um, a few years ago, speaking of Binghamton, uh, in back-to-back years, they had Tim Tuffle and Wally Backman there as managers, <laughs> and, and those guys platooned in 86. And, uh, you know, you go down that, that uh, wormhole of uh, what happened in 86, you know, uh, those those guys platoon and in game one, Tim Tuffle made an error that allowed the Red Sox to score the only run and win. And uh, it's it's really weird. Uh, Frank, uh, by the way, we had our uh, Mother's Day 5K, and he came out early, and I actually just bumped into him, and he was asking me what, what was going on. And he was so taken back that we did something like that for, for cancer research, and he came out and watched. And But, you know, there's tons of them. There's a lot of roving instructors that are ex-big leaguers, but... There are a lot of coaches that are, are good big leaguers. Um, Trenton's Jay Ball. I mean, Jay Bell, excuse me, you know, former big league shortstop. Uh, and I think that's a part, you know, that you bring up that people don't realize that there's a lot of coaches that are big leaguers, and some of them are pretty damn good. Talk with Mike Antonellis for the Portland Sea Dogs. Jansen Whitty's been hitting since he's been back in Portland. Yeah, so, uh, you know, they've added three guys here. That just, um, they're just, I, I just did the numbers. They're hitting 437 between Chad De La Guerra and Jansen Woody, who were in Pawtucket, and they, they were struggling up there. Woody was more hurt and wasn't playing. Uh, so those two guys have just come down here and been a house of fire. And then Tony Renda, who's a veteran, who was involved in the first uh, Chapman deal uh, back in 15, I believe. He's hitting 397 in 18 games. These three guys have really helped, and, and it's really showing the rest of the guys are starting to pick it up big time. So, you I mean, you put three guys in there that can play in a lineup. I mean, you just put one. And, and they've put in three. They've, uh, their batting average is, is gone up 30 points in nine days, which is really unheard of. That's pretty crazy. That's, yeah, uh, it is. That's pretty yeah. wild. <laughs> 30 Did, points. I, you, you talk to a lot of guys. There are a lot of guys rolling around the booth, scouts, all sorts of people. Um, I've, been to, I've been to Hadlock Field now three or four times this year, and every time it just so happens that it's Binghamton and Tebow's been there. But a strange thing has happened in, in the Tim Tebow thing. He's actually hitting, like, and he actually, over the weekend at one point, was hitting over 260, which, yeah. you know, there are a lot of guys that, that wash out at double-A because they can't get over, like, 220, 230, get over the Mendoza line. Like, what's the talk with him around the league? Like, it, he's actually 
doing okay. I mean, really, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's yeah. for for where he came from and what he is. That's pretty impressive. I agree. I still think what Michael Jordan did was too. I mean, I know he's, mm-hmm. you know he's considered a failure, but I mean, come on, the guy. He didn't play till I think Little League, and I mean, he's hitting. He was getting hits in Double A. I mean, yeah. in Double A at the time, you know, you had guys that didn't leave. Uh, I'm not saying it was harder then, but. Um, yeah, I think it's great. I mean, he, I know he's older, but it has nothing to do with it. I mean, it's still reps. I mean, he hasn't played at this level ever. This is a huge separator, and he's such a competitor, and he's a good athlete. And I never knew he was a good baseball player. But, he, I mean, he's not a great outfielder yet, but a lot of guys that haven't played a lot of outfield professionally aren't. And um, I think it's great. You know, I know there's a lot of, you know, the big talk now is whether his impact is helping attendance, which I, I just don't even get into. I think that's, I mean, does it really matter? I mean, I think people are going. Um, it might not be the same as the South Atlantic League, but, you know, I think the fans in Portland really liked it. They, uh, I, I noticed a huge cheer when he came up, and he's got four home runs. Um, he is striking out a lot, but, you know, there are a lot of guys that do here. So it's, it's a good story. I mean, there's a lot of people, I think, more, if you went and uh, did percentage, more people want him to fail, and you know, that's how it is it's going to be, I guess, with him. But, um, yeah, he's a terrific guy. He's done two press conferences at our place. And he's, uh, yeah, he's a good story. I think it's good for, for, the, for the league. It's good for baseball. It brings a lot of attention. It's a sad commentary, isn't it? That uh, I, I mean, the, the guy's a quality guy, everything that you read uh-huh. ev- from everybody. And people want him to fail. And some of the biggest jerks I've, you've ever seen in your life, people... They're, they're all excited about him and cheering him on, and it's crazy. Yeah, I, I, I know. I scratch my head with these things, and, he, you know, maybe they think he's, it's not real, but it is. I mean, I've just seen him interact. I mean, he does some really amazing things for charity, and, um, yeah, I don't really think he's taking a spot from everyone. I mean, people who say that, I mean, there are guys that are filler guys everywhere, and, and there are guys that get drafted based on, some favors and all that. That happens. Everybody knows that. Um, and I really do think, you know, psychologically, I think it's good what the Mets are doing. I'm not saying that they don't think he can play, but that, that has to really motivate guys. And I think he's just a good mentor to have around. And seeing him grinding and riding buses when he doesn't need to do it, you know, I think it's going to help his teammates. And, and they're playing better, too. And I'm not surprised. I bet he's been a pretty good influence on a lot of those players. Mikey Antonellis is the voice of the Portland Sea Dogs. He joined us today while they're on the road. Mike, thank you very much. Anytime, guys. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon, man. Thank you very much. Yep, sounds good. Thank you. That's Mike Antonellis from the Portland Sea Dogs here on the Beelist Daily from the Spectrum Healthcare Partner Studios across the NBR Radio Network. That's good. Go That's an interesting, up. you know, I think I'm sure it's fun to call the games, to be around the, the players and the, the whole atmosphere. You get to learn a lot about them. You know, like, minor league baseball, find out about them and whatever. I, I do think there's a little bit of a grind to it, though. They're of on the there road is. a lot. Yeah, uh, they're on the road bussing it, too. They're riding the same bus, baby. And yeah. that's, uh, that's a tough one. I've been on those trips with those buses. They're not I, they're not the best. I mean, I even said near the end of my coaching career, I wouldn't miss a bus ride not once in my lifetime after that. I mean, you, you go on those long trips, you know, when you're coaching – Bangor Brewer, and you know your closest trip is South Portland. That's not good. You well, know? Yeah, <laughs> that's a long, that's a long ride, baby. And of course, we used to do them on a big cruise, your know, custom cruises. 
you know, Van Gogh and the Rustic uh, line, but the Greyhound, not so much anymore. They're no. all no. riding the, the old yellow cruiser. The best. <laughs> With the nice, comfy seats, you know. Yeah. Nice, comfy seats. It's good. It's good stuff. I used to sit in the front seat, though, so because you got that rail in front of you for the stairs. You can lean. If you lean just right and lay your head on your arms, you could, you'd could be surprised. you get tired enough. Any any good any good bus stories, Nick? Anything from from back in the day? Not really. No, Nothing? no. no. I'm, I wasn't the athlete yeah. at all, so I never really had that opportunity. Maybe a few times. I just remember the only story I really have is I played I think JV basketball, and my basketball coach Jared Richmond at that time told me, "Hey, I want you to go out there, and I want you to be." whoever the Bruins enforcer is. I want you to do the same thing he does. I'm like, you want me to be Sean Thornton? He goes, go out there and be Sean Thornton. I said, <laughs> I said coach, you want me to go lay someone out? Coach, I'll, I'll hit someone right. if you want me to, right. but yeah. only if you give me the okay. But that, I mean, that's that's who I was. I probably was uh, was always meant to play hockey. I just never did that. You see, that's exactly, you know what, Nick? That's, that's what it is. Like I was told, you have five fouls, please use them. I'm only going to be playing for five minutes. Don't so, hesitate. anyways, Don't hesitate. if you could go ahead and use those fouls, that'd be great. Yep. You know, that's all I remember. You have five fouls, use them. But I, but I didn't know my limits. I mean, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a, I'm a like five foot ten stocky guy, and I tried dunking once, and it, I didn't come close. But I, you know, I had to try <laughs> once. And uh, I hope you don't it, get it was, your fingers caught in the net. It was, that's <laughs> all. Man, oh man, can barely touch the net. Now, you're, I know you're a big hockey guy, but you've been watching Celtics stuff too, right? Like I have, yeah. I feel like the yeah. Celtics have, 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 have pulled everyone in. They've like, captured us. Last year's Celtics, I don't think, pulled everyone in. You know what I mean? Because I, I think everybody knew. I think everybody knew the actual limitations of an Isaiah Thomas-led team. And I don't mean, I, I don't mean that as a knock on Isaiah Thomas, okay? I just think there's certain players that are good, great, and next level. And I think Isaiah Thomas is a great player, but he has noticeable defensive liabilities that no amount of effort or scheme can mask. Okay, because eventually he's going to be matched up with somebody who's six foot four or taller, and they're just going to go right up over the top of him at five nine or five seven or whatever the hell he is. And he has to have the ball. And and he has to have the ball all the time. That that Celtics offense this year is a completely different animal without isaiah thomas there yeah and that's okay but i i think people kind of knew last year like yeah lose to cleveland i would maintain they're a better they're a different offense even without Kyrie. yeah i think it's actually more diverse without Kyrie because when Kyrie's in there you knew you could count on him to either get a get a nice shot off or go to the hole and well let me ask you let me ask you this it's spread all over if Isaiah Thomas is playing for the Celtics right now, okay, forget about all the trades, and if he somehow was playing on this team right now, with the same, are, are, with, with the same guys around him, are they still playing this good, or is this a brand new Celtics team? I think it's brand. I think I, yeah. I don't think they'd be where they are now. To I me, really it's, yeah. I agree. Yeah, I, I don't. They they would if they had just kept everybody. No way. No. I think I think the the level of Kyrie. I, I think he's. He's done a really good job as a leader on this team, well, and I mean, he, he, you see him on the bench for every game. You see him talking. You you know he's texting them. He's telling them things like yeah. Demarcus Morris. You know, Maddie said this before. We we like him. He he's made such a difference, and 
and nobody wanted to see Avery Bradley was whining. Oh, we want Avery Bradley to stay. No, Morris has made a tremendous difference. Avery that- Bradley's another guy. He was a six foot two tweener guard. Yeah, he wasn't quite a point guard. He wasn't quite a shooting guard. But boy, he could play really good defense, except for when he played Kyrie Irving because he couldn't lock Kyrie Irving down. And I've read multiple articles, and they've all said the same thing. That's right. If you watch it with your eyes, you compare this last year to this year. Cleveland misses Kyrie more than the Celtics do right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, no question. Because they don't have that other option. LeBron's always going to get his. But is is Love going to get his? Now, Love might be a different player at home, and I could totally get that, okay? And you saw this with Houston the other day. P.J. Tucker was a different player in game two. Yeah, he's soft. He's soft. He may get 25, but he's soft. Everyone else is soft on that team, too. Like J.R. Smith, soft. And George at, Hill, soft. Look at the difference of Jalen Brown last year and this year. Different oh, guy. He, he, he's Killer he's mentality. In a, he's in a system where he's been developed, and he just keeps getting better and better. Tatum, for the first part of the year to today. Rozier. We saw a little bit of that in Rozier last year when he got chances to play. A little inkling that, boy, this kid's pretty good. And, boy, is he, you know, Maddie's point is, that, will they be able to keep him? Right. Because this is the time, if you're going to trade him, this would be the time, unfortunately. Going to be uh, uh, NBA draft-wise. Of course, the Celtics don't pick until 27. I read a thing yesterday. Some of the notable names have been taken at 27 over the years recently. Rudy Gobert is one of them at 27. So I feel like you can probably find wow. a good player down there yeah. if you're if you're looking. Well, I, I have faith in Danny. I think as, as long as he doesn't pull another J.R. Giddens or a James Young, like... James Young was you not. You can't be right Fab Mello, folks. Fab Mello was not the best oh either. I don't know what happened there. I'm not sure. J.R. Giddens, Fab Mello stand out to me at the top of the list of, and James Young especially. Like those three, as in, Selling what are your- you doing? Yeah. I would I would prefer they draft the Terry Rozier so that I don't know what's going to happen with them. You know what I mean? Like. I feel like if James Young couldn't develop under Brad Stevens, he wasn't going to develop under anybody. This isn't like someone who got away from Claude, okay? By the way, I and did becomes think, better. But I did think he was going. I thought he was going to be decent. Yeah, he he wasn't. No. I just don't. I, he's just. I think. I think some guys have it, and some guys don't. And I don't think he has that killer instinct to want to be better and to want to be good. What about that? Can we trade Tory Krug to Montreal? <laughs> and I like that. Reunite him with Claude. You, <laughs> Well, oh, he'd, be, he'd be pretty bad if he goes back in that yeah, system. Tory Krug. Like I mean, that all. would if you trade uh, Tory Krug. If you trade Tory Krug. Well, the thing is, is that uh, if you look at Ryan Spooner, uh, guys like Tory Krug, I think those are guys that Claude wanted gone yeah. as a coach for the Bruins. I mean, I, but the thing is, I think that the issue with with Claude Julien, he's still one of the better coaches in the league. But that league is trans uh, transforming yeah. mm-hmm. quickly. It's 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 the styles going from defensive minded. If you look at the Bruins when they won the cup, it was a it was a hard nosed team. It was very defensive minded. You go to L A. the next year when when L A. goes and wins the cup, it was the same structure as the oh, yeah. Bruins. And they the they just took tender. the same sure. exactly. Now that that's not the NHL today. Well, Claude couldn't have coached this team this year. Oh no, no! I mean, way. no way, no First way. First of all, he couldn't have stood it. All those young kids. They would have been. He'd have nervous ticks. Oh yeah, been so bad. they would. They would yeah. have traded at least three of them for Benoit Pouliot again. Oh, yeah, so would have seen what happened there. But no, I, I think you're completely right. I don't think that if Claude Julien's the coach of the Bruins in 2018, I don't. I'm not even convinced they do make the playoffs. I don't think, I don't think they do because Bruce at 500. And, and I think another important thing to, to mention is the fact that a lot of these young players who come up through the system 
had a lot of experience with Bruce Cassidy. Bruce Cassidy was, of course, the coach of the Providence Bruins. So Bruce Cassidy implemented a system from transition game defense to offense in the minors and then when he got called up Bruce Cassidy and all those players did as well you were able to implement that that same transition game in the big leagues I was telling Maddie uh yesterday or the day before Blake Wheeler former Bruin Riley Smith coaches Peter Laviolette and um Mike Sullivan yep all ex-Bruins You've got Colin Miller over there in, in oh, yeah, Vegas. Colin Miller, um, that's right, with Las Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of them. Oh, and then there's that Subban oh, there some, guy. The one? Malcolm. Yeah, Malcolm yeah, Subban. Malcolm yeah. Subban, yep. I'm seeing yeah. him in the playoffs. Did you see the uh haven't needed to. The clip where yeah. uh the two sons of the Humboldt uh junior hockey team oh, right. the, the the sons of the guy the coach that was killed. We're in the stadium in Las Vegas uh, last night or the night before, the night before, and before he even got all his pads off, um, it was Flurry, Mark Flurry Andre Flurry was in the in the locker room, still in his pads, putting a helmet on him and sitting down and spending an unbelievable amount of time with them. Yeah, I hear it all the time. Just because he's a nice guy, and I don't want to turn people into hockey people, but hockey dudes are the best dudes. They, like, they really are. I I I'm remember I, I I've been at two game seven losses for the Bruins, um, one against Carolina, one against Philadelphia. The one against Philadelphia was after they blew a three nothing sweep. Yeah. And you usually walk in, you know, you walk into a locker room after a baseball game, after after a major league baseball game, and and fo- even after a minor league baseball game, like. People are not happy. Like, they are just not thrilled. Like, I wouldn't be either. You know, you have a rough day at work. Yeah. You know, you get your junk kicked in. You're probably not real excited about life. You know what I mean? But hockey guys, man, they answer all your questions. They do their thing. I mean, you occasionally get one that's a turd bag, but I'm sure you get that everywhere. But hockey guys are just... They say that those are the best guys for level going to headed. hospitals and, and yeah. doing all that community work, too. It's just part of who they are. Right. I think to be a guy... That has been used to getting up at four thirty, five o'clock every weekend morning, and sometimes during the week, just to be at practicing games. It's a different kind of a cat. It really is. Very different type of cat. Well, yeah, very different type of cat. I mean, well, Nick, I mean, I'm sure you've. You, you, I saw a lot of the stuff that you would post online. Like you were out, you know, as you mentioned, Oliver Ekman Larson is one of the one of the best def- uh, defensemen in the NHL is driving around in a golf cart. Like, I'm sure you guys did stuff like Habitat for Humanity and things like that out there. I'm sure guys were, were yeah. doing stuff, right? Well, so the thing about Arizona specifically, it's even it's on a next-level family type of community there. I mean, these guys, these, these athletes in Arizona aren't necessarily treated like superstars. Um, so you would see guys like Oliver Ekman Larson. We, we did a... Build. We built a playground in under six hours for a local community school, and uh, all of the players showed up. And it wasn't necessarily something they had to do, but they showed up anyway. And they started building the playground. And these star players, you know, they've got a game tomorrow, but here they are hammering different playgrounds into the ground. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's in all of Ekman Larson specifically, very easy to talk to. I mean, all of these community relations events that I do, I'd be sitting there getting work done, and it was almost like. Hey Oliver, can you leave me alone for a second? I've got some work to do. You know what I mean? These guys are so nice; they'll try to chat with you. Uh, and then Zach Ronaldo, we all know who Zach Ronaldo is, and he—I I have to say—and I can't necessarily say the stories, but he is exactly what you'd expect him to be off the ice. The guy's a riot. We will have more of the Beavis Daily fourth quarter around the bend. Spectrum Healthcare Partner Studios across the NBR Radio Network.
there's a winning culture when it comes to sports teams in New England. And now there's a new winning team to add to the list. Spectrum Orthopedics, an all-star roster of orthopedic experts delivering top care right here in your backyard. Spectrum Orthopedics is made up of three of the area's top orthopedic practices. OA Centers for Orthopedics, Central Maine Orthopedics, and Falmouth Orthopedic Center. Spectrum Orthopedics makes it easier for physicians, surgeons, sports medicine specialists, and clinical staff to share resources and work as one, making patient care efficient and more affordable. To learn more about Spectrum Orthopedics and connect with a provider in your area, visit spectrumhcp.com forward slash ortho. Remember when your kids spent vacation week telling you how bored they were? Yeah, you're going to have to have a whole summer of that. Until you remember. Registration is now open for University of Southern Maine's summer camps. They've got basketball, they've got soccer, they've got ice hockey, and they have a ton more. I haven't even scratched the surface on this. Find the registration links now. Go to usm.maine.edu. That's usm.maine.edu and search summer camps. University of Southern Maine summer camps where kids should spend the summer. We believe in better, a better way to invest, a better way to serve you, and a better result. At Frisbee and Associates, we can help you determine how much risk you're taking, red flags that could be potential problems for you, how much you're paying in fees and commissions, potential tax liability, and how to address Social Security. For your free consultation, call Kevin Frisbee at 241-7430. Frisbee and Associates is located in Rumford, Brewer, and in Lewiston at 656 Main Street. Call 241-7430 online at frisbeebenefits.com. See something? Smell something? Do something. When your basement or crawl space smells, don't ignore it. Odors, mold, and harmful pollutants come from too much moisture and not enough air circulation, making your home unhealthy. Do something. Call Wave Home Solutions today at 1-888-980-WAVE or go to goodairusa.com. Experts recommend ventilation instead of dehumidifiers to reduce moisture and expel harmful gases and pollutants. Wave moisture control units continuously dry out your home, transforming it into a fresher, healthier environment year-round. Wave units cost only pennies a day to operate, and there are no buckets too empty. Call Wave today at 1-888-980-WAVE or go to goodairusa.com. That's goodairusa.com or call 1-888-980-WAVE. If you owe the IRS back taxes, payroll taxes, or have not filed your returns, the IRS will get you. Call Wallen Associates now and pay less than you owe. 800-727-0433. That's 800-727-0433. Did you ever look at the stains in your coffee cup and then realize that's exactly what happens to your teeth? Paraswabs is the five-minute solution to get your teeth white without visiting the dentist. This is John Greenhut, the CEO of Paraswabs. And if your teeth are stained from coffee, 
tea, or smoking, all it takes is five minutes with Paraswabs. In five minutes, you'll see an average of two shades whiter teeth, and in seven days, six shades. It's clinically proven to whiten natural teeth as well as caps and veneers. The secret is a tooth detergent that was developed by Dr. Martin Ginniger that lifts stains off of your teeth. Best of all, there's no messy strips or trays that you have to leave in your mouth for an hour. Just swab your teeth for five minutes, and you're done. To try Paraswabs risk-free, call 1-800-679-0969. That's 1-800-679-0969. I guarantee your bright white smile will have your friends talking about how great you look. Try it risk-free today. 1-800-679-0969. That's 1-800-679-0969. All aboard MBR.org! The place to get all your high school and amateur sports news and information. MBR.org is in high gear with Maine High School Winter Sports. Go to MBR.org to chat about your favorite team. Find the latest articles, travel news, and cancellations. Or visit their all-new and very popular team pages. MBR.org has everything you want to know about high school and amateur sports in Maine. Coming in February, all the high school tournament action at your fingertips 24-7. It's high school sports heaven. All aboard MBR.org!
Shabila's Daily from the Spectrum Healthcare Partner Studios across the NBR Radio Network. Fourth quarter. Nick Godin joining us here in the studio. We talked to Mike Antonellis earlier from the Portland Sea Dogs. You'll be able to hear that after the show. MainBaseballReport.com, NBRRadio.com, on demand, whatever that, uh, whatever that might be. All of the above. All of the above. <laughs> Tomorrow's Portland versus South Portland baseball game is now going to be played at 9 a.m. at Hadlock Field. I guess, I don't know, you're going to have to look on your Dark Sky app, Winger. We got some, we got some rain coming in tomorrow? What's, we do. What's going on? We do. A little on? later, I think. Yeah. yeah. Matter of fact, because that's why I mowed my lawn yesterday to get it all done. Oh, uh, yeah. Let's see what it says. Dark Sky. Oh, well, no. It says 6 o'clock. Six, 6 o'clock, huh? But that doesn't mean that they don't think it might be coming in a little early. Oh, wait. This is for Auburn. By the time it travels up, yeah, maybe it's going to start at 2 or something. So, good point. Fantastic. Yeah, that's a good point. So, a bunch of games get moved tomorrow. So, a couple of games at Hadlock tomorrow. The, the uh, marathon my son's running on in, in on uh, Martha's Vineyard, it's going to rain and not sprinkle rain. Listen, I wanted to let everybody know, uh, this is the 20th. I don't want to say anniversary, but 20 years ago this week, Ethan Barton, who was a sophomore at Edward Little High School, was riding his bike on Empire Road in Poland, and he was hit by a drunk driver and killed. And the main cycling club, uh, there are going to be several activities this whole week, but the main cycling club on Monday night, that's their regular Monday night ride, they're going to ride a silent ride, they call it, where there was no noise, no talking, no nothing uh, to commemorate and stop at the memorial that's out in Poland. They leave uh, from the Harriman's building. If you go just beyond the turnpike uh, and turn in like you're going to that little mini mall, Harriman's, I think it's a insurance company, is up behind there. They gather there in their parking lot at 6 p.m. and head for the ride. And uh, they'd welcome any riders that want to come with them. Uh, I think they maybe even have some helmets available, but mostly they just like to see people come and and honor uh, of a, a bike accident. And uh, it's a silent ride, six o'clock on Monday from Harriman's. Excellent. See, and that's what that's what this is here for. You know, that's that's what this is here group. for. It's a good group. You know, they do a lot of good things. They have bike rodeos. They they uh, they do all kinds of things to get kids interested in. And how much fun biking can be, bike safety. Uh, they've had the police involved with, you know, showing kids what the rules of the road are, and 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 they do it also. Uh, they've had a couple of things that were really fun. We went we went to Massachusetts to Boston to see one, but they they did one. Oh boy, and I'm going to forget the name. They did it in downtown Lewiston, around the uh, where the water, you know the. What do they call that? Well, the water runs down through. It's a, what do they call it? Anyway, they just go round and round. And I mean, it's so, they're going so fast. It's incredible that they can make the corners and stay on their bikes and and not tip and skid and everything else. And uh, anyway, they do a lot of fun things and it's a good group, really is. They have a, they have a Thursday night ride where they, let's say you've never ridden on a bike or not sure about biking. You can, you can come on Thursday. They meet at Bates. Same thing, 6 o'clock. And my wife actually does that. And, and she and a couple other people will take four or five brand-new 
bicyclist out and, you know, kind of get them through it and see what it's like. You know, people get all nervous riding on the road when there's traffic. People want to ride in the sidewalks, which is not appropriate. So, uh, anyway, it's a good group. They really do a lot of community, good community activities. Scores from around the area yesterday. Edward Little lost their first baseball game 3-1 to one to Bangor. Oh, so Bangor is not gonna not giving in. Bangor not giving in. St. Dom's looks like they're getting back on track. Eight to uh, they won yesterday with Marina Cook two to nothing. They're now eight and four on the year, so it looks like they'll be. And Marina uh, Cook's good. Yeah, um, they're only going to be. Uh, <laughs> they've only got one senior on the St. Dom's team, so we'll see what happens with that. Uh, Noble, of course, was written about in the um, in the paper yesterday, so they lost. And Wyndham was written about in the paper yesterday, so they lost. So. Looks like I feel like everything's going to shake out this year. I almost feel like uh, Class A baseball is kind of going to be like how it's been the last couple of years. Same thing with softball. Like we talk about everything that happens during the year, and then everybody flips the switch to the playoffs, and it's going to be Bangor Falmouth uh, in the baseball. Bangor's number yeah. four last year because yeah. we did the, the yeah. we did the playoff game over at Oxford Hills. Yeah, they came out of the woodwork and shut them out and looked like a million bucks. Yeah, like the, the whole new team. I mean, Aren't there's a big four gap. Time, four time defending yeah. state champions. Yeah, four time after last year. So. I told you that my first high school baseball coaching job, I spent two years at Bangor as Bob Kelly, the great Bob Kelly. I think he was the coach here for 40 years, the great Bob Kelly. I was his assistant for two years. And the, the guy was an absolute magician, genius. Uh, it was more fun. I never had so much fun uh, coaching them. I call it organized chaos. I couldn't have coached the program the way he did. I didn't when I was a baseball coach, but he he was fantastic, and kids loved him. They learned baseball. Anyway, that program has been good. They've only had up until they just changed coaches. They've had the same two just two coaches for sixty years. I think it's something like that. Wow. Kel was there almost forty, and I think the the other guy that just left was there eighteen, something like that. I mean, just talk about continuity of program. Yeah, you don't see that often. No, coaches come and go like crazy. No, that's and that happens. That happens all the time now. All right, Nick. What? Are, what? Are, I don't know if you're a, a draft expert, but um, uh, Bruins don't have a first round pick because of the Rick Nash deal. So that worked out <laughs> Thank great. Thank you very much. Yeah, that was uh, great. That worked out tremendously. Uh, but they had to do something. So I guess trading the 27th overall pick or whatever is fine. But what do you want to see them do in the draft this year? Well, they don't really need to do anything specifically. I mean, the Bruins are sort of in the situation as the Celtics, they don't have as many assets, but when it comes to the NHL, they're one of the best team with assets and prospects. So they really didn't need that first round pick. I was a little more skeptical about sending Ryan Spooner, despite the fact he didn't play great. Uh, there may have been another deal that you could have made with Ryan Spooner, maybe for a defenseman. Uh, but yeah, I mean, in the draft, I guess just some more depth, maybe a little more depth. You know what they need? They need a, a, a solid goaltender, goaltender prospect. I mean, you've got uh, Swayman at uh, University of Maine, and he played incredible this year. But you got to have more. Swayman and McIntyre. McIntyre McIntyre's not bad either, but I still don't know if he's if he's starter caliber. You know, I would like to see another goaltender prospect. It's hard though to draft goalies early in the NHL uh, draft, so it it might be a later pick. They've got what just one second round pick, I believe. Yeah, I think I think that's how that that works this year. Yeah. Oh, so. let me let me look that up real quick. Shall I mean, I? they've got they've got uh, Forsback uh, Carlson. They've yep. got uh, Anders Brook. Will 
Bjork will be back. Uh, well, Zarnick, uh, Austin yeah. Zarnick just Zarnick. just came out and said today that he's still weighing his options. Either he's going to re-sign with the Bruins, or he's also very much considering going to free agency. Oh boy! I don't think that the Bruins have the money to sign him right now, just for the simple fact that you're going to have to re-sign Jake DeBrus. You're going to have to re-sign Donton Hine and Charlie McAvoy, Brandon Carlo. You know, I, I'm not sure. I think Austin Zarnick is. NHL caliber. I think he's ready to play in the NHL. I am not convinced that there's a whole lot of room with him on the Bruins. See, I think the the Bruin the the NHL Players Association hurt themselves. The time for, uh, like in baseball, the the arbitration time is longer. In football, it's ginormous five years, and if they're first round, it could be a six year you know the team option and whatever. In the NHL, it's two years, and then you you got to do something. Sometimes a guy hasn't really come into his own yet. I, I take Blake Wheeler and Riley Smith. Yeah, they're, they're playing. They're, they're in the Stanley Cup semi, you know, conference finals, and I just think the Bruins end up giving up on Blake Wheeler because they needed to re-sign him, and you know, and it, it also brings up the, the with the with the hard salary cap they have in, in the NHL. You know, he was talking about maybe trying to save Chara some ice time during the regular right. season. Have that night where you just sit out. Well, if that other guy that's going to come in and play, he's got to be under contract, and it counts for the salary cap. Yeah. And, and you can't have four or five guys sitting around, and you can't afford it. Well, that's why the Bruins need another top four defenseman, yeah. because you can't sit Sedan Achar and put in Nick Holden and expect him to play very yeah. good. You know what I mean? Right. I, at that point, that's I'd rather quality, just sure. – Right. So, um, at the same time, you know – I guess right now the Bruins have to consider, yes, we don't want to go three or four years without using a first-round draft pick. They do have the assets to be able to sustain that, but at the same time, you do have a lot of these young rookies who you do have to pay, but you also maybe want to sign John Carlson from Washington if he goes to the market. Uh, Maybe shed some cap space, and if John Tavares doesn't stay in the island, you kind of have to at least give him a call and inquire about how much it would take. If John Tavares is willing to take $12 million from the Bruins, I say go for it. Well, you got the same thing with Carlson from Ottawa, the defenseman. Yeah, Eric Carlson, yeah. Eric, they're never going to afford him, but you know, you never know. Well, you know what's funny? Because if there's any defenseman that's likely to be traded at this draft, it could very well be Eric Carlson. Just before the draft. Just yeah. before the draft or on draft day. And that would be probably that I'm trying to think, but that might be one of the biggest trades in 10 to 20 years trading who, Eric Carlson. Who are you thinking? Let's say, let's, let's assume they're not going to re-sign Rick Nash. If they do, I'm going to be peeved. Yeah. I don't know about Riley Nash. Uh, I think he wants to weigh his options. I, he's a good player, but uh, you're getting in Chris Kelly territory. No, with yeah, Riley no Nash, question. So. No question. I mean, he's down that other side of that. So who are the other Bruins? Are you willing to trade to get, that top four defenseman. Are you willing to trade Krejci? Absolutely, but it's not going to happen this year. It would have to happen next year because Krejci still has one year left in his no-move clause. Um, so if you want to trade David Krejci for, say, Carolina, which is they have three defensemen in Carolina. Carolina came out and said they're willing to trade everybody but Sebastian Ajo. The right. Bruins don't need Sebastian no. Ajo. They need their defensemen. Hannafin. Hannafin. They need yeah. Justin Falk or they need Slavin. But David Krejci is probably one of those players you could send and do a deal around, but he's not going to want to go to Carolina. You know what I mean? If you wanted to trade David Krejci, a pick, Heinen, maybe even DeBrusque or Carlo, over to Arizona to get Ekman Larson, Krejci's not going to go to Arizona. 
I wouldn't. I don't want to trade Debrusque, to be honest. I don't trust me. I wouldn't either. He's he, in my opinion, if there's anybody on the Bruins that's untouchable, it's Tuukka Rask, Jake Debrusque, Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand, and McAvoy. McAvoy. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, there's definitely options. Yeah. yeah. I read it. Now that we've solved the Bruins, <laughs> it is. By the way, I got your I got your picks going. All right. Second, third. The third is from Nashville. Fourth, fifth, and a six. Fourth, uh, excuse me, fourth, sixth, and seventh. The fifth rounder uh, went to the Jets as a, a result of that Drew Stafford trade from 2017. That's right, the old Drew Stafford trade. That uh, did I will not have help. to say. I thought in the in the Stanley Cup year, the the uh, the Stanley Cup year, it was excellent. The the Chris Kelly, he was just what they needed. Right. Uh, the three guys they picked up in the right at the end, Beverly and and whatever, uh, they were great. They made a difference down the stretch, and I think this year I think Sweeney tried to do that. I, you know, you could make an assumption that that Rick Nash might be the guy that could put you over the top. He could give you that scoring or whatever. The problem was he doesn't yeah. have that anymore. <clears throat> he's not a quality. He, he's just not that kind of a person anymore. And uh, I think. You know, they probably wasted trying to do that. I mean, it, it did give the whole franchise this jump. Everybody was excited. Oh, my God, we got Rick Nash. <laughs> totally saw him play. So w- when they traded for Rick Nash, though, the idea was you have now a big body forward, power forward, that can play alongside David Krejci, kind of like when Lucic played alongside Krejci. And you were kind of hoping that Rick Nash would be, uh, bring the best out of David Krejci and vice versa. Krejci would bring the best out of Rick Nash. I got to say, I don't think David Krejci played to the best of his abilities, especially for that $7.25 million contract that he's making every single year. Uh, he didn't play to the best of his abilities, and he didn't really help out Rick Nash either. So uh, when when I blame one of them, I have to kind of blame the other one at the same time because it was supposed that was the whole idea was to have someone there to help David Krejci. It didn't happen. No. And that's also that's 50-50, and that's you know, half of it's David Krejci's fault. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be upset if they gave him one more year. One more year. Because if you think about it, in the Tampa Bay Lightning series, the second round with the Bruins, he wasn't invisible. At least you saw Rick Nash every single play. He was shooting pucks on net. He was making plays. He wasn't finishing, and that's one of the biggest problems. But at least he was making plays. Well, crazy got him the puck, like you say. It, that, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. He couldn't. The problem is he can't outskate anybody anymore. I mean, I'd even go as far as saying that I think that Rick Nash was a better playmaker in the second round than David Krejci was. Could be, yeah. Could be. Hell, I think Kevin Miller was a better playmaker than David well, Krejci was in the second I, round. I've worried about him. You know, I, I've, I've complained to my wife. My wife's a hockey nut. She watches the games with me. I. I've complained to my wife about it. I. I just don't. He's got all that talent, and we just have these spells where he doesn't do anything, and you keep thinking, what What is he doing? You know, and I. I don't know. I don't know the answer to it. I don't. I don't really know either. <laughs> I don't. I've I don't never. Either. I've never quite understood. Like they need a second line, and I keep hearing, "Well, you're going to have to break up the first line." No. No, you no. don't. It's no, the best line you. in hockey. No, yeah. Thank like, you. I don't ever remember saying, well, you know what, we got to get that. Curry guy away from Gretzky and Gretzky, you know. Gretzky, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, and there was a, there was a time in the middle of the season where they put Pasternak with with uh, Krejci. Blech, nothing, absolutely nothing. Nothing happened. Right. I, I think I, I read an article that said exactly what you did. Krejci was at his best when he had Horton, 
or Lucic, one of those two yeah. guys on the wing with him. They need a guy that can skate, too. But you need a bruiser who's going to go in, do the dirty work so Krejci doesn't have to because he's not going to do that. I mean, yeah, I mean, Lucic, and I don't want him to. He couldn't. He wouldn't hold up trying to go in the corners. And stuff. Yeah, that's that's. And, and Lucic basically just took everybody out. You know yeah. what I mean? He he created the space to let yeah. David Krejci work yeah, maneuver. Uh, yeah. And and that was one of the issues with it. And you know, maybe it is. A, it's it's a team effort at the same time. I mean, David Krejci plays best when he's got the big body because it creates space and lets him make plays. Bruins didn't really have that. And if you look at Rick Nash play, he's not Milan Lucic. He doesn't play oh, like Lucic. He doesn't throw the body like Lucic one or create game the space. Against, I can't remember which one it was, against, whether it was against Toronto or against Tampa. One game, I thought Rick Nash threw his body on like crazy because I kept thinking, if he does that, we are going to be set. Nothing. Not, not sustainable. Yeah. Not, not no. so much. No. Not no. so much. No, I don't, I don't think. So you're thinking that even though LeBron's going to come out and go nuts on Saturday night to begin with, you think the Bruins, the uh, Patriots? Yeah, Phil just we took go. the side out, and Brad Jameson lost his mind. Yeah, what happened? <laughs> it's all right. It's okay. It'll come back. Okay. It's all they, good. That you think, I, I think they. I think they're going to withstand it. Think I think they'll want okay? a close one. Yeah. I think they'll want a close one. I, I really do. I, I think they want a close one tomorrow night. Looking at that, when we were in Skowhegan, we put an addition on a house. Yeah. Well, the one of them was a a uh, a second garage opening on the bottom. We put garage and then two stories above it. It's kind of a contemporary house, and the little kids next door. Huh? <laughs> All of a sudden, one day we put the garage door on. You know, it's time. They went nuts. Huh? They put a garage on. <laughs> they had noticed it until we put the door on. <laughs> just a big opening, I guess. Until then, it was just like this. Like, huh? what? Where's the sign? <laughs> I can see where that could be a challenge for folks. You know, yeah. that'd be a little bit of a. Now, something. what am I going to look at? I'm concerned because the last time that thing got. Uh, the last time that that thing got um, got moved, like it didn't quite come back. You know what I mean? Well, you you combine the stations then, right? Uh, yeah, we'll see. At that point, it won't be my problem. Somebody else can paint the back. I'm not I'm not dealing with it. It's a little ugly behind that. Yeah, it's a little bit. They they peeling paint and stuff. Back well, then. I mean, they had like the oldest sign there in the history of time, and it had to come off. So. Right. Yeah, we're gonna need one. We're gonna need a sports time sign anyway. So I guess it was time to remove that, right? Yeah. I agree with that. Two smaller ones? Or what are we doing? Maybe. There? I think we should probably just get two smaller ones right next to back. You know, next to back, maybe. You know, I like that. that idea. So you're you're calling a sweep? I'm calling a sweep. Wow. Call the sweep. That's amazing. That's almost like I'm I'm as shocked as uh, uh, when John Williams told me yesterday that he thinks Vegas is winning the cup. Yeah, I, I feel I feel confident on that one. I, you know, I don't know. You know, Washington. They lost two at home now, so it's two two. Yeah, well, Washington should have won that game last night. That was terrible. I, I don't know if Flurry keeps playing the way he is. You know, in that when you get to the Stanley Cup playoffs, goalie, it's not the answer. It's like pitching in baseball, but you're yeah. not going to win without one. I, I don't care how good you are. You're not well, going to win without one. It's nice to watch these playoffs because it's stress free now. You know, the Bruins are out there, <laughs> and and you know, I, I know, can yeah. I can look uh, at every. Uh, other than Winnipeg, because I'm just so butthurt, okay? I'm sick of the Jets. Uh, look, I'd like them to have success. I think it'd be good for the NHL. But why do you boo Zdeno Chara every time he gets the puck? There's yeah. no reason. to. That's like if any guy who has a C on their jersey, Winnipeg boos him. Could you imagine booing Patrice Bergeron? be embarrassing. It would. It'd be embarrassing. However, I think that 
at least uh, one player from every single team remaining is is a is a player you'd want to see raise the cup. Alex Ovechkin, he deserves it. He should raise the cup at some point in his career. Hopefully, it's this year. Same thing with Steven Stamkos, though. He needs to win a cup before he retires. But if you look at uh, Vegas, David Perron, I'd love to see him win a cup. Former Lewiston Maniac, Mark Andre Fleury. How can you not say you want to see him win yeah. another cup? You know. And Quality then just guy. the simple historic fact that you will never see it again. No, no, never. You just won't see it again. No, I just I want to go back to next. I want to go to next year already. I want to fast forward. I want the Bruins to be back, and I want the Bruins and Celtics to be playing at this time, so I have stuff to do at night. Because it's true, you know, especially yeah, the I don't know who the put this whole schedule. On. Don't you think the two groups should talk and say, "Hey, how can we work?" Considering this out? So they got something a kinda, going on, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't quite understand it's, how those it's don't get together. One of the most exciting times of year when you have playoffs in two sports. You got baseball going full bore. I mean, it's can be really exciting. Nothing. Yes. It's uh, cornhole time. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. When it's all over, on it's ESPN. cornhole time. I remember yeah. it was on ESPN2 last <laughs> night. I mean, uh, man. Nick, thank you very much. Hey, thank you. Great. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll definitely have you have you back at some point. And, uh, Winger, we'll see you on Monday. Monday. As long as the ferry comes back. As long, yeah. <laughs> it didn't. Oh, boy. I don't even know where to go with that. I'm going to let that one ride. It's the Beelist Daily Spectrum Health Care Partner Studios. Thanks to Mike Antonellis from the Portland Sea Dogs. Of course, Sea Dogs in action tonight right here on Sports Time Maine. AM 780. We'll see you Monday.